0: Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes.
1: I am honored to introduce to you the creator of The Hunger Games themselves, Dean Kaska Highbottom.
2: I have summoned you all here for the 10th annual reaping ceremony. In which we choose two children from each district to fight to the death in the hunger games from district 12 lucy gray baird
3: there has been a change this year as a mentor mr snow your role is to turn these children into spectacles not survivors
2: what does my mentor do besides bring me roses
0: i do my best to take care of you
2: you really want to take care of me in that arena Start by thinking I can actually win.
0: I'm lucky Flickerman. First ever
2: host of the Hunger Games. Enjoy the show. Five. Four. Enjoy the show. Three. Two. Enjoy the show. Run. Enjoy the show. What happens in there? Fueled with the terror of becoming prey. See how quickly we become Predator? See how quickly
1: civilization disappears?
2: There's a natural goodness built into us all. We can step across that line into evil. Or not. You hear that, boy? It's the sound of snow falling. How wonderful that we all get to be here for someone's final performance.
1: It's not just about winning. Everything
2: is about winning. You're monsters! All of you! (laughs) things we love most that
0: destroy us. Back-to-back ballad flicks as we teased the last episode with the ballad of Ricky Bobby. We're coming at you with the ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I'm your host, Corbin's a vocal, and joining me is my co-host. He's volunteering himself as tribute. It's Cody Webb. I know it's wrong movie, but you know, <laughs> so. Cody, what's going on, man? I was actually going to say that too, so you kind of stole my line, but I'll bounce off and do your voice because a... you do a great impression.
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> why do it? Well, I don't know I volunteer as tribute. that's all I got, yeah. but um, that' was pretty bad, but I'm excited for another ballad back to back ballads.
0: I don't think that'll ever happen again on on cap here, so I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, we might have to dive deep if uh, we're going to find another movie with even ballad in the title. I don't think I'm familiar with too many. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be our uh, mini draft too when we find it, but yeah. Yeah, Ballad movies. Of course, we're not doing this episode alone though, Cody. We uh, have a very special guest. We had to bring in a literary expert to discuss both the book and the movie adaptation. Welcome back the sixth official time although that's honestly the number's much larger <laughs> on the show the host of mk300 mina naki what's going on Nina?
1: And how's it going guys six times officially
0: officially as a guest you also that's like crazy. were there for the trivia episode and then for Friday yeah.
1: Five I'm, and you know everything i else. know <laughs> i know i'm a background
0: of a many moder- episodes
1: i'm a moderator <laughs> many a times but <laughs> it's good to be back happy to talk happy. about a movie that is a book adaptation they're some of my favorites so.
0: and you specifically requested you you asked Cody. like cody I can i watch? can <laughs> we do this movie on the podcast so why why me? why did
2: you pick me well i
1: know i know that if i'm gonna get to do something on the podcast i have to ask cody's permission so like <laughs> that's why i had to ask cody <laughs> true He's
3: yeah, the big that, boss around here that makes sense i make all of the decisions yeah
1: <laughs> I mean, look at that mic. Of course, you make the decision.
0: <laughs> if you're an audio yeah. listener, you've missed out on a uh, coding new mic. I, in our, I still uh, haven't figured episodes. out how to
3: turn the color off. Um, eventually, I think I think we'll figure <laughs> it out. But, uh, we're recording like back to back here as well. So if you, you've seen our last episode. Uh, oh, actually, no, 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 that's not even relevant. If you've seen our first Friday Five episode, first Friday so this five. one will come out first, actually. So, uh, well, maybe not. Actually, December's tomorrow. <laughs> forget it.
2: Um, but, but,
3: yeah, we'll, we'll get the colors off eventually. I just, I got to figure it out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> December's yep. tomorrow.
0: You didn't read the instruction manual of your microphone <laughs> and you haven't read this book and neither have I, uh, no. but Mina has read the book. So she's here to, again, provide some insight and kind of fill in any gaps we might have. I would say this feels like a very faithful adaptation of the source material, almost to a fault in some regards, uh, in my opinion. But, Mina, what is it about this book that uh, you wanted to talk about specifically? This book and movie that you wanted to talk about on the podcast?
1: I think it's just been a while since we've had something, Hunger Games, to really enjoy. So I wanted to bring that back because I love them and I. Thought they'd be fun to talk about with you guys.
0: And to be fair, you and Natalie kind of you kind of teased this a little bit. You you talked about it when you guys hosted for April Fools. You talked about the Hunger Games trailer. I think that sure
1: today. we sure did. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> I've talked to Natalie about this. She's a big fan of the movie and the book. So, I mean, I asked to do this podcast before even seeing the movie. I think so. <laughs> I'm always a big fan of just talking about book adaptation movies with people who haven't read the book because I think whether or not they're faithful, they are always vastly different than the book just because you can't you can't do the same thing with what you can in writing in a movie um, in that way. So
0: and it vastly changes the way you in- interpret the thing you view. So obviously, like the the way Cody and I you know felt on watching it, I've seen it now twice. Cody's seen it once. Um, i've seen it twice you, you've seen it twice um <laughs> you know we we all have you know different perspectives that i think we'll, we'll have a an interesting conversation and i think we all like this movie to varying degrees and uh we'll, you'll have to stay tuned for the rest of the episode to see where any
1: bets now who has the, the higher score
2: <laughs>
0: i don't know i think me and corbin
3: it'll probably be close just because our systems are are a little bit weird but I would not bet on Mina for the lowest score. To be honest,
0: but... <laughs> Hunger Games is hot in the streets. This movie has made over $200 million worldwide and is continuing Ooh. to rise up as it is only in the now third weekend of its release. It is on my fantasy team and our little uh, movie fantasy league with the rough cut retrospective. So you know, finally yeah. having a, a good of a hit my uh rest of my team has not been performing as highly but shout out to uh the hunger games and hopefully wonka coming up but clearly this movie uh is resonating with people in our generation and i think the original trilogy was somewhat important to all three of us in our own unique way i mean even in our first season we did a 2010s movie draft and we chose a J-Law category just because of the impact that she had on, on movies in the 2010s. And it, it really all start and began with the original Hunger Games trilogy. I think we were a little bit too late for Twilight and Hunger Games was like the, uh, the most successful version of the young, young adult novel adaptation that we got to experience.
2: There was other outside ones of- like
0: Perky, Percy Jackson, outside of Harry Potter, of course, but that again was yeah. almost before our time, um, at least at the start of it. Um, so I think I Hunger mean. Games is in a really interesting spot for us. Speaking of going to the Cedar theater and seeing this movie, Cody, tell, tell us about it. What do you remember about the experience? Do you remember watching it very
3: well? <laughs> <laughs> I do recall watching it, unfortunately. No,
0: but um, I did
3: not see it opening weekend. So I didn't see it Saturday or Sunday, but uh, Mondays at work, I usually have half days. And uh, so I went and just checked it out when I got off work Monday. Pretty good experience for me. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of the guy for some reason who kind of enjoys like an empty theater um, and there's nobody else in there. So I can make like my little snickering remarks and, and like, you know, laugh at <laughs> you know, the screen throughout. So that was fun. But yeah, I, I had a good experience. I'll go into a bunch more, you know, um, you know, likes, dislikes. But overall, I say it was pretty good.
0: Mina, tell us, uh, tell the people about our viewing experience. Because of course, the first time was together and then we can share some insight on our secondary experiences. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the first time we saw it, we went to the Alamo Draft House with uh, Dylan, I believe, another former guest of the pod.
0: No,
3: uh, well,
1: never. Been yeah, on huh? the- not a solo,
3: not a solo guest. He was on the draft episode, though. the De- hard draft. We did have
1: Dylan. Didn't you guys do a roommates versus roommates thing where he was? Yeah, that was the hard with draft. Connor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. So that, he was on the pod once.
0: Future future guest of the uh, the pod officially in a regular <laughs> episode. I'll say that. We'll get him on here.
1: Okay. But Dylan was out visiting us here. We went to go see that at the Alamo, which is always a fun place to go see a movie because I love getting to eat while watching a movie, especially a longer one and not just having popcorn or the low quality pretzel bites at AMC. So...
0: <laughs> and if you're me and you get you just always get grease on your pants. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, he always <laughs> walks away looking ridiculous. <laughs> but something fun about the Alamo, it always plays clips before the movie starts that are related to the movie and one of the clips that they played was a bad lip readings from the hunger games and that was so nostalgic for me because the bad lip readings i feel like were something everyone was watching when these came out too like they were in their early 2010s they were like so big and i just was like oh my god now i need to go back and watch all these bad lip readings on youtube after this but Overall, it was a pretty solid first watch for me.
0: It speaks. I mean, that speaks to the the overall cultural impact. You know, the YouTube fan theories, the tutorials of how to braid your hair like Katniss. You know, it it was a it was a huge thing. Cody, what was your relationship? I guess specifically to the original series.
3: I mean, I enjoyed it. I didn't. I didn't um, watch the original movie in theaters. I think I caught it on like Amazon a couple years later. But I like Catching Fire a lot. I think Catching Fire is an underrated movie and and um, one of my favorite like YA genre films, for sure. Um, the other two passes, I think, obviously have have mixed reviews from critics and fans. And I'm not massive fans of either one of them, if I'm being honest. But I, I enjoy the series overall. I think, um, kind of, like you said, the, the lead actors, I think, are really good. You can't go wrong with J-Law. You're throwing a little Woody Harrelson in there. Uh, you know, I'm going to be on board. Um, I want to say as well, I forgot... My theater experience, you guys were talking about food. I actually snuck in uh, Jimmy John's to my local Regal Theater. Yes. They don't have any security. So uh, like Mina said, it was a bit of a longer movie. And uh, I was coming off lunchtime. I was like, oh, I got to sneak this in. So that was fun too.
0: What? uh, Where did you stick it? Possibly uh, you could have hidden that good. That's
3: interesting.
1: uh... (laughs) What a question. Why did you just phrase it? it?
0: Basically, um,
3: I just wore a sweatshirt. And ah, then I, okay. I was wearing a coat too. So I just put it like in the pocket of the sweatshirt. Respect. Yeah, n- Not anywhere weird, Corbin. Come on.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I didn't know if oh, you'd like, you was... walk in and be like, is that a sandwich
0: in your pocket or are you just <laughs> excited to
3: see <laughs> me? I don't know what's going on. Nah, I'm sneaker than that. Come on, man. These guys, <laughs> they, they did not even know what happened. They had no idea.
0: Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the Alamo draft house and it was definitely necessary for the first watch. Second time around, uh, which was last night, I went and saw it by myself sat in the back of the theater of the AMC and it was a packed house on a, on the Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Uh, crowd out in Jersey City. The, the people were there. The people were also heavily on their phones, Cody. It was bad. It was like 10 plus throughout the runtime. And and when you're sitting in the last row, you, you can see them all. Obviously, I didn't care as much because I'd already seen the movie once. And I I had like my notepad and I was trying to write stuff down, and, you know. It's, it's an epidemic, man. <laughs> Shit's bad out there. These damn kids out here, man. <laughs> These damn kids. <laughs> yes. I think they, oh, I technology. will say, the crowd was my contemporaries or even maybe older. Like, I, it felt like all people around our age that were in there with us. Um, the guy over to my left at about the, I want to say the hour 40 mark when they're, they're in District 12, you know, 12 hanging out. Um, maybe that's a two hour mark, I want to say. He was swiping on Tinder. So you could really tell the vibes of the theater were super high. An alarm went off at one point. A guy got a phone call, got up, answered it as he was walking out of the theater. Hello, what's going on? It it was intense, man. There was definitely some talking. At one point, one person asked one person to put their phone away, but it's like, (laughs) and they also didn't like, and they 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 did it to the whole crowd. They were like, "Hey, can you put your phone away?" And then like everyone continued. It was weird. It's a strange time. (laughs) Sounds like a good
3: time. A lot of stuff happened. Yeah.
1: My second viewing was also sold out. It was sold out as well. Actually, I snagged the last ticket to bring a second friend with me. I initially had planned to go see it with one of my coworkers because we both decided we would read the book and then go see it together. Spoiler alert: she did not end up reading the book, so I didn't feel that bad about seeing it. And spoiler it alert: you told her you were going to
0: see it. Yeah. And spoiler alert: you lied and said you were seeing it with her first. <laughs>
1: Indeed, and I still—if she listens to this, this will be when she finds out I've seen it twice, and she was the second (laughs) time. Um, Welcome,
3: future guest of the pod as well. (laughs) Yeah, come on,
1: (laughs) bring on Jane. Um, The freaking uh, work was crazy yesterday, so we had another coworker that needed to go out and get a drink with us, so we went and got a drink at the bar on top of Alamo at first, and snagged her the last ticket, so she didn't sit by us, but we could see her head. You know, in front of us, and uh, Jane and Janaya had never been to Alamo there, so they didn't. That was their first time there. Jane's not a big movie person, but she was like, "I feel like this is one movie I would love to see in theaters." So, like, getting another person into the theater, which I think is fun. I definitely think it was more enjoyable seeing it with her than it was Corbin and Dylan, because they just seemed annoyed and frustrated the whole time in the movie whereas jane actually seemed like she was enjoying herself and so i was like oh i can actually have fun in this movie this time whereas the energy was a little off the first time
3: not very mina, good vibes come from corbin and, and dylan it sounds like yeah not surprising
0: mina can always tell when i don't like a movie she'll walk, i'll be like i didn't really like that she'll be like yeah i know i can i can I
1: got the vibe. <laughs> it just like it just looks pissed which i'll right say like
0: I like this. I'll say right off the bat, as we get into our initial thoughts here, as as we haven't already split into them. Um, I do like this movie. Generally, I think it has its flaws. I think it's like pretty long and overpacked. Um, and and like I said, because of the fact that it is so faithful to this, like very dense book that it is adapting. And I even can imagine that there are a lot of things that are still left out and, you know, there's stuff on the second watch that I was able to pick up as, you know, like, oh, they definitely just like added that in as like a detail that's probably from the original book, but isn't being explicitly, you know, there for story purposes. It's just a detail. So it's stuff like that, that I can appreciate. Um, but I think overall, I don't know if it's, successful as a movie necessarily. And I, and I hate to be this, I'm, you know, the movie guy here, but like, maybe this would be better as like a TV series or like a mini like five part, you know, thing. And Mina and I just saw the Napoleon movie on, uh, last weekend. And that's another thing where it's just like, you're trying to pack way too much into, again, a two hour and 40 minute movie. And it's just not working for the structure of things. Um, yeah, it, that that's just generally how I how I feel about things. it get better at editing. Sorry. I don't know. Cody's turned figured out how to turn off the sound. I, I or, sneezed. Off, dude, I had a sneeze. turned off the uh, the mic. Oh, that's the <laughs> mute.
1: I got see a see mute, The yeah. light go off. Cody's whole body flailing. <laughs> that's
3: a nice mute. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt a sneeze coming for like ten minutes, and it would not. Like- I
1: mean. I respect it. You were quick. You, you didn't hear the <laughs> sneeze, but I couldn't handle the visual of you all right
3: oh, I read the instructions that. but um, <laughs> I agree with Corbin. I'll just jump in here. Um, with some minor thoughts. I completely agree. I think probably the book, like we're saying, like the book's always better. Like, come on, it always is. So I feel like Suzanne Collins being like heavily involved here. Um, probably she's like, let's just do the book because it's good. Um, but the problem with that is this is a three-hour movie where I don't know if I can name more than like two or three characters and there's probably like a hundred altogether. So I think it's maybe just a little bit too jumbled. I think if you streamline it a little bit, or like you said, I think this would have been perfect. Like, uh, like the boys, like a 10 episode, uh, miniseries. I think this would have been mofo amazing, but, um, there's a good movie somewhere in here. I just don't know if I can particularly see it. Also, we haven't mentioned the director who uh, I don't care enough to know their name, but Francis Lawrence. Yeah. It's the same guy who did OG. Catching fire and then the last two in the original series. Somebody else did the the original one. But I think it's interesting, like his pairing with Suzanne Collins. I'm assuming like she has most of the creative control while they're on set. And that's why they, that's why they probably keep working together because she's kind of uh you know, uh, you know, running the show behind the scenes, I would assume. Yeah, I can't speak like
0: specifically, but I do I mean, know knows, like, he's but... been vocal about like he said he would never like want to do anything Hunger Games unless until she wrote the book and it wasn't until she called them up and was like hey I have this book coming out let's do a movie that he wanted to do it he's even said now he wouldn't do anything else in the world whether it be you know a Hamish Games or a Finnick he would not do it unless it's her story is what he says okay. Um, okay that makes sense not necessarily that she has to write a book but you know and right. similar to like J.K. Rowling doing the Fantastic Beast basically being the the story by credit, not necessarily the script writer, because we we do have two, you know, actual script writers um, on this movie, uh, Michael Leslie and uh, Michael Arndt, the double Michael pairing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out the Michaels. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I feel like
0: that makes sense.
3: Like, they're kind of a a decent duo working together, it seems like, Um, or maybe not. Um, But other than that, I kind of want to talk about the title, obviously, too. Back-to-back ballads is amazing. I think this ballad has a bit more singing to it, which I want to hear your guys' thoughts. But I don't know why they didn't just kind of like um, sort of market this as a musical in a sense. Because um, I feel like it's it's pretty damn close to it. But uh, I'll sh- I'll throw it to you, Mina. Is there like that much singing in the book compared to the movie?
1: So, so oh God, this gets way too nerdy. I need to like figure out <laughs> that about like the whole, the way you make I a I want to hear book formatting, things. please, yeah. I know I don't want to talk about formatting because I'll go on for hours um we love but, it yeah like she makes it it's in the stanzas then and like they're in the center of the page and it's the lyrics and you'll go in the lyrics and it'll cut off and we're back into paragraph form because we're hopping away for the music and then we hop back into it just the way like when they leave a room and they don't hear her and you see something else and then they hear her again like that movement in the movie was actually pretty spot on to how they would move through a song into back to um narration in uh, the book which i thought was really interesting all in all like my initial thoughts of this movie just made me want to go back and watch the originals again like i left i left the movie being like i need to go binge <laughs> the other four like this is i just need to be back in this world um and i think that's kind of the power of Suzanne Collins is like, she's able to just throw you right back into this world, even though it's before the world we're all used to, and we're kind of getting into how it becomes that, you're still like, bam, here I am. And like, you're back in it and you get it. Um, I felt like the whole time while I was watching it, I was just going back and forth on whether or not what was happening actually happened in the book that way, or if it was different which is always my problem when I've read the book first. Cause I'm like, fuck, no, that wasn't right. <laughs> and then I had to like pull myself back out of it. Cody, your point of there being like only four characters you can mention. That's like the book. That's the same four characters. They follow throughout the whole book. So like the other characters matter because their names matter in the Hunger Games trilogy. All of them
2: mm, basically connect
1: with people in the original books in some way shape or form which nice. i think is really interesting um kind of sticks with like the fact that like lineage is a thing in the capital so your name is what you have
3: a lot of nepo babies i wouldn't ask too um is it's your background as well but is there a relation between this character we see and that like uh tiger character we see in like mocking j part two they gotta be related it's or same. something right? it's
1: this it's the same woman
3: it's the same person that's awesome it's
1: tigress yeah so tigress <laughs> i knew i knew they
3: had the same name snow's but...
1: cousin yeah tigress is snow's cousin it's the whole thing in that too is like she's got this horrible tie that she can't really get away yeah
2: she
1: used to be a designer for the games and then she was like out of fashion so they cut out her tongue and such She can't talk anymore and like stuff. And I think this movie, that's the cool part about this book and and the movie in general is just like, you get so much more detail about these minor characters in the books, minus Snow. Like he's a major character, obviously. So like, it's just interesting playing off because even at the end of the initial trilogy, you kind of like Snow. You're like, oh man, he was a deeper person than we were believing in the first two books. And in the whole beginning of this book, you're like, shit, I kind of like this guy. And like, I know he's gonna be horrible, but like, there's gotta be a really good reason why he becomes horrible. Cause he's not bad right now. He's just like traumatized. He's an orphan <laughs> he's trying to fend for his family and like make things work.
0: That leads me into a question I have is like, how does this book slash movie make you feel about the character of Snow? in the original series like does it make you feel empathetic like more empathetic to him do you feel like he's a greater evil because of the things you see here do you think he's a loser just because like basically a lot of his fucking he's mad because he's an incel and like a girl left him when he was 18 and like now that's haunted it like what what do you get out of it? I guess both of you what do you get out of it uh I, I think um and Me, what do you think their intent is?
3: Yeah, I don't know what their intent is, really. They could be trying to do anything. But I think what I'd like, and I guess this is a little bit of my good to play my character, really, but, but what I like about this movie is it does elevate like some of the things in the original Hunger Games movies on a rewatch. Like specifically that one song that uh, Rachel Ziegler was singing, whatever. It's the one that's the same one. The
1: Hanging Tree.
3: Yeah, the
0: Hanging Tree one. There's like, two, uh, two songs. Uh, there's also like the lullaby that I mean there's like a hundred songs yeah. for but I'm saying guys. that from this movie that like the whole <laughs> thing is like song Katniss sings to Rue yeah yeah is also from this exactly but I think like going back and watching uh
3: the original you know movies and like when Katniss starts singing that song and like Snow is on looking I feel like that moment would be like 10 times more powerful because it's like oh shit like i know exactly like when this guy heard this song last or you know you know he's having like a, a vietnam flashback in that moment and same with like the, shit.
1: just when he hears her name drawn in the yeah. reading like i feel like it makes his his hate for her specific like his draw towards her specifically makes so much sense
3: i think it just makes him a more interesting character um in the later series and i didn't think he was that interesting of a villain um until like part two in a sense but i like like little callbacks too like the tigers thing like I feel like that connection, because in G Part Two, I'm like, who is this like cheetah girl who just came up out of nowhere? But like actually knowing the backstory, that character
0: is like a million times more interesting. So I think it just adds. And that's a little explained bit of, in of the depth. book. That's one of those things that's just like kind yeah. of cut out of the movies. I feel like like her backstory. It's like you get you know who that is. Like it, they explain. Like do they? Oh, in the book? No, no. In yeah. the book they do. Gotcha. That's the thing that's lost <laughs> from yeah,
1: book yeah.
0: to movie adaptation. Um, whereas at least this, you get the the basis to learn about it.
1: I feel like for me, this like doesn't make me feel like Snow's any better of a person. I think it just makes his choices in the books more interesting because there's actually a reason behind them now. Whereas before it's just like, why the fuck would he have done that? Like why all of a sudden after all these years of being president, this one person's been getting under his skin so much. Like what the hell is this about? I I saw a post that was talking about the wardrobe choices and that with every kill snow has the red of his suit is a deeper red so he's that bright red of the Capitol students and then at the end of the movie he's like that deeper maroon color so he's killed like four people now five i guess because if you count killing peter dinklage's character at the end and then at the end of the hunger games he's basically wearing like a black suit but it's still red but it's like basically black because he's just has so much blood on his hands and I was like that is such a neat detail and when you think about the fact that the initial Hunger Games came out before this like these are details that Suzanne College has been thinking about for so long like this has all been a plan because it all still fits perfectly and I think that's the cool part about authors and world building is that even if you don't do it to begin with for the most part there's a plan, like you know, all of these stories beforehand going into writing this. And I think that's the cool part about this is you can tell that she cares and that things still work together. Yeah.
0: I think I mean, I think it definitely elevates the original trilogy. And, and I guess in a cynical way, you could say, like, the machine of capitalism, like it makes me want to go back and, you know, whatever streaming service they're on and go watch them, or it makes me want to buy the original books. And like that's that's why you make sequels and that's why you make prequels to fucking, you know, spin the machines and the wheels. But I think it's an interesting choice to kind of focus on that snow character. Um, we've seen, you know, some you know, anti-heroes becoming more and more popular, you know, Joker is the, the obvious one to pull um from 2019. You know, you're, you're gonna make a movie about the bad guy. I just feel like this one is kind of also trying to make a movie about like a bunch of other things at the same time and not necessarily doing. All of them super successfully, and it's like maybe if you just like focus more in on just Snow, and I'll, I'll get into it some with the bad, but like there's aspects of like his ideas and like his plan of like how he wants to transform the games, or even like beyond that, like that to me is a inter- more interesting story than like centering it around the singular event, I guess. So,
1: I mean, that's part of the thing they cut out the from the books. Like, it's also not just him. Like, they kind of put it in like kind of show you that Galls trying to. Push in towards a certain way in the movie but like it's a whole like whole class thing like they're ne- they're never go to graduation thinking they're done like the plinth prize is announced way later in the story than it is in the movie um they don't know about it till like they're into the games a little bit it makes things interesting
3: should have made the movie longer <laughs>
1: i mean that's why it really should just be like a tv series but yeah. Yeah. basically they just have so many different class assignments that lead you and show you all the thinking. Like they mentioned all of the betting that how that gets pulled in and like all these different ways that's put together and you start building why things are the way they are. I think it's just something you have to lose because there's not the fucking time for that in the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got to keep that because you're trying to like structure a movie around a big giant action set piece in the middle of it. And then you still have like, 50 minutes that you have to deal with after that fact so like you've got that task to worry about beyond like where do i fit in the the deeper intricacies of uh gambling but i would love to see it because i think there's a lot to say about our modern society in context of that um let's go on to imdb known for
2: do i know you where do i know you from
0: and we're gonna start with the man that cody's been talking shit on francis lawrence I mean, his IMDb is not too steep. There's one other thing he did. I don't remember off the top of my head.
3: I
1: am legend, baby. His yeah. four
0: are go. the Hunger Games Catching Fire, I Am Legend, Constantine, and the Hunger Games Mockingjay, part uno. Andos. No, but just one. That's what his four <laughs> is. I, <know. laughs>
3: I, think it's, I think it's a fair four. I mean, he's a Hunger Games guy. Uh, he's kind of bought into the franchise, it seems like. Constantine I haven't seen for a, a decent amount of time but from what I remember I, I liked most of it I mean how, how can you go wrong with Keanu kind of in in a mystical role so that's cool I think they're supposed to be doing like a, a sequel or something yeah. some and, uh, and with maybe back. a prequel I don't know if Francis Lawrence is coming back <laughs> but I, I think for sure uh, Keanu is coming back so that would be really cool. Um, any chance and then, it's
1: a prequel and they make Keanu? It, yeah, dir- cool. director
3: Francis Lawrence coming back for uh, is he attacked? Yeah, wow, surprised he's doing anything other than Hunger's Games. Um, I'm excited for that, I'm definitely down for that. I mean, Catching Fire, like I said, is, is genuinely, I think, a really good movie. So, I think this guy has the ability to make good movies, it's just Sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. What do you guys think about Am Legend? I, I don't know. I, I like that
0: movie, but it's not like my favorite.
1: It's not, on the ending, opinion. right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. It's, it's, the it's a movie that's like I don't even know. I know what the two endings are. I don't even actually know which one is the one that's like technically the theatrical release. But like, isn't
1: the one? Uh, that, isn't the theatrical release the one that he dies?
0: He dies in the actual ending, right, Cody? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he.
3: No. I don't think he does. I think. Uh, I Don't know what are the two endings. Is, there you go. That's the
0: point. one is he sacrifices himself. And... Right. He sa- that's the original ending. He sacrifices himself that's... and the kid and the mom get to leave. And there's the other ending where he gets to live. That ending sucks. Okay. I like when he sacrifices himself.
1: <laughs> I honestly don't remember. I think he was like Will Smith dying. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
0: no, it's a fucking more beautiful story.
1: Oh more beautiful story. Uh, <laughs> um, I personally I don't really
0: like either endings, honestly, but don't
3: yeah.
1: give a shit about I am legends. It scared me as a kid. I haven't watched it again as an adult because I'm still traumatized from my childhood.
0: In between the recording of this episode and the release of this episode, it was revealed that Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan are currently working on producing I Am Legend 2 in which they will be going with the mythology of the DVD version of the story to continue with I Am Legend 2.
1: But also... I had no idea who the hell the director was of this movie <laughs> before looking on IMDb, and I went, "Well, no shit, he's like a good games director." Yeah. That's cool. You're not alone
3: there. I think he's like the least marketed director of a franchise where he directs every movie ever. Like, he's done what five of these, four of these. I don't. I still don't know his name. It's Larry?
1: I mean, something? the thing is, though, like <laughs> Larry's, <laughs> like other than big names that everyone knows like score and and shit like that i don't know directors so it doesn't matter if it's well marketed i don't fucking know people so i'm like i don't care (laughs) that's
3: fair if suzanne collins is is attached that's all really i I feel like the fans care about
0: what francis lawrence is a music video director and from Mm. the late 90s to the Mid to late 2000s, he directed music videos from, for Green Day, Jennifer Lopez, Incubus, fucking Britney Spears, fucking Justin Timberlake, Nelly Furtado, Enrique Iglesias, Ooh. Timbaland, Seal, like, Ooh. literally Wyclef Jean, like, all sorts of So that's of why the
1: sh- music stuff looks so fucking good. Well, and that's why he's like
0: he's a guy who's he can be trusted like to do this stuff. This is where they used to get a ton of directors. I mean, David Fincher made his name, you know, directing music videos. Um, and he, you know, he knows how to work under a budget and get something turned in and like he's a successful Hollywood street screenwriter that like can make stuff look stylistically interesting. I don't think the compositions are like incredible or the editing's incredible or the acting's that fantastic always in his, his movies, but um, there is like a distinct set of style and, you know, like you said, the music integration is, he knows how to do direct like a, a song and a set piece. And I'm surprised he hasn't done like a, a full on out musical. This, this one's not quite there. That's,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close, but, um, that's cool. Shout out Cody, Timbaland what? and uh, Nelly Furtado. Uh, I do use... want to
0: say we are in the age of the movie musical, not being properly advertised as a musical because yep. Wonka is a musical. And Mean Girls, the movie, the musical is also a musical and there's no singing in that fucking trailer. So it looks
3: pretty good. i tell good. you what though,
1: uh-huh. I would totally watch a musical directed by this guy. Like, as I think, that's one of the things I really like about this movie is like the scenes where the band's playing and stuff like that. I think they're fun. You see like people in the crowd enjoying themselves. The band looks like they're enjoying themselves. I think it looks cool. It looks like a music video kind of. So I dig watching the music video directed
0: by this guy cody did you watch the uh apple tv pl- apple tv plus series c starring jason momoa
3: i have not seen that um funny enough uh former guest uh, colton born is a massive apple tv guy <laughs> and he, he did recommend that to me i was like i'm not watching that but
0: uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure the last time i saw colton he was talking about some fucking Apple TV show with Jennifer Connelly, yeah. the, the underground
3: one. He's <laughs> yeah. a big
0: Apple TV. Head. He
3: loves Apple TV for some reason, but I'm guessing uh, our, our boy Frankie here had something three episodes.
0: Different. Three episodes hmm. as a director. He also did direct the the Jennifer Lawrence movie uh, Red Sparrow. So yeah, you know he he sticks around with his people. Maybe maybe he will make a musical uh, with Rachel Zegler. That would probably be better than this. <laughs> I beg it. Water for elephants, elephants too, which is a
3: uh, oh, terrible.
0: I terrible movie i've never seen it rob Robbie pat reese with Pat. i like him not the best let's move on to our leading lady rachel zegler her four are west side story the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes shazam fury of the gods and y2k which is a movie that is not even released it is directed by cody you ready for this kyle mooney Star of uh, former SNL's very own Kyle Mooney. You know that that is, Cody. Look him up.
2: <laughs> <I don't laughs> Two, <know. laughs>
0: if you see his face, you'll know who he is. Two high school nobodies make the decision to crash the, la- crash the last major celebration before the new millennium on New Year's Eve 1999. The night becomes even crazier than they could have ever dreamed when the clock strikes midnight. This movie is coming out. I don't even know when.
3: Probably it, next year, I guess.
0: It, it doesn't have like any art or anything it also has Alicia Silverstone which call Ooh. back to a former episode that the three of us have done together here on this podcast but yeah it's it's really strange that this movie that I has mean, not been released is in her four and not I mean even like I mean Snow, it beat these out are the only Snow three White. Movies, so yeah why not Snow White <laughs> Yeah, the true. one that if we're
1: adds, gonna do an unreleased movie. I think everyone fucking knows her from Snow White because she's getting so much fucking hate for it. Like,
0: you—I mean, to be fair, we do have to do an unreleased movie because she has only been in three movies. Yeah, but like, oh yeah, it should be Snow White or
3: even—that's what I
1: mean. I feel like that's the one people would know about. I've never even fucking heard of Y Two K.
3: Yeah, I don't. I think it was a ninety-nine. You look up uh, uh, <laughs> I did look up. I don't. I like he looks familiar, but I don't know him that well. <laughs> um
1: The one that looks like Cody.
3: If I like really oh. long hair, maybe. You but, your hair out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are probably right. Maybe they just didn't want to include Snow White because it's it's had a little bit of controversy. I don't know how imd really operates. I think they're all <laughs> yeah. Y two K sounds all right. I I kind of just want to see Rachel Zegler more if I'm being honest. And when I went and looked at this, I was kind of surprised that she hasn't been in and just like little stuff. Like I I had forgotten about. I guess Shazam is kind of the little stuff. Like she's like barely in that movie. Um. So shout out to that terrible uh, piece of crap. But I think she's going to be she's going to be booming. I mean, she's going to be one of the the top working actresses, I think, pretty quickly here.
1: Do you think like if we got rid of like the Snow White controversy, because I think that kind of like sours her in a lot of people's brains. Do you think this Hunger Games could have the same like stardom shoot that it did for Jennifer Lawrence for her? I
3: I think so. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do a sequel to this movie, per se. Um, so I don't know if she'll like be a returning character in the franchise, but I mean, something like this, where just kind of getting her face out there with, you know, the young people, I guess, I, I think she'll definitely pop
0: off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, her situation is a little bit different because it is weird. Like she was basically plucked out of having never been in any movies. And like before West side story even was released, she was picked to be a Disney princess. And like, so like it's clear Hollywood already is kind of rooting for, and I am as well. Cause I think she is really fantastic. Um, I don't think she's good in this movie, mostly because of a miss. Like, she, I think she's just terribly miscast, but I think she has the potential to be a big star if she's put into the right movies. I think right now where her career is at, it's... I don't know if I feel super confident, because like you said, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, terrible movie. Her role is so weird and minimal in that, and it's, again, probably not the type of role she, she should be playing. West Side Story, she gets fucked because it's like still during the middle of covid it gets released and her co-star is like a sexual assaulter so like you can't even really promote the movie in the same
2: way like she's i do think white controversy
1: i think that's the kind and i mean each of these cases i think she's mostly getting fucked over by the people surrounding her not really her i mean she kind of used the wrong words when talking about snow white that made people kind of mad but like that's whatever i think out of the movie she's been in West Side Story is her type of movie like I think she was really fucking good in that movie her voice is amazing like I think I think she's gonna when she starts getting in the right roles she's just gonna be going for it it's gonna be so much fun to watch her.
3: did she get nommed for West Side Story I feel like she did no
0: no really that movie was surprisingly kind of Pushed to the side of the Oscars. Um,
2: Maybe like nobody
0: wins solid. Get that's that's yeah, one of those weird things where it's like uh, nobody cared.
3: Sad uh, shout out, Stevie, uh, Mr. Spielberg. Uh, you think he's ever going to make a musical again? Probably
0: not. Ariana DeBose won an Oscar for that movie. Okay. That's what I was that, thinking For playing okay. the role that also was Rita Moreno won an Oscar for.
1: <laughs> gotcha.
0: That's what I was thinking of.
1: Fair enough. She was also really good in that.
0: But overall, like, I don't know, I hope, I mean, this Y2K thing directed by Kyle Moody is not necessarily the solution, but like she's worked with Steven Spielberg. It'd be cool to see her like do something more serious in like a more dramatic sense and work with, you know, an- you know another big director. Um, I don't know. Or even it doesn't even like she can do a romantic comedy too. It, it's just weird. She's doing a lot of like huge, big movies. Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I am hopeful for the rest of her career.
1: I do like her with Tom Blythe, though. Like, I feel like they're good together. I, f- I think she just needs a good person across of her because I think that really helps her out.
0: Yeah, and that transitions us right on over to Tom Blythe. His four, Billy the Kid, The Gilded Age, Benediction, and Robin Hood. I can say I did not know this guy uh, prior to this movie, and I don't know anything else on his IMDb. Cody, are you familiar with, have you seen him or anything?
3: I've not. I think one time I almost watched that uh, Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie, but I didn't do it. Mina, have you seen that? Yeah. Sure
1: have. You had to know that. I was going
3: to yeah, see that. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> But it seems like he's just doing a lot of TV, which is cool. Um, and again, playing my cards a little early, but I think Tom Blythe is really, really good in this movie. So I'm excited to see where he goes. Obviously, I think he's more just like a British you know kind of character actor even though he is doing billy the kid which looks interesting too I mean, yeah he's the star he was the titular billy he's is, he's is billy so yeah i think this kid's really good and um again is this I an apple seen...
0: tv plus what what is this on
3: mgm I don't plus i think so yeah oh, that Ooh. just means it's like amazon prime <laughs> i don't even know what that is
0: but yeah
3: i might have checked that out but i think i think this kid will be pretty good uh, for years to
0: come too a lot do of you young re- talent do you remember him in robin hood and mina did he stick out to you or just don't he even like really fucking
1: game? remember that movie? I think I watched it in like 2010, 2011, He plays feral
0: child. He plays, role. he plays the role of feral child. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it probably has. I impact. think we should watch that movie i I'll throw up the screen yeah, if I can find one. Um yeah, so <laughs> it's clear he hasn't done a ton of stuff. I, I think he's been waiting, he's been kind of grinding it out, uh, looking I for the role. And this is probably gonna be it for him to, to I think that's
1: like the fun of these movies too, like that was the same for the original cast as well. Like they'd been in stuff. Like Josh Hutcherson did the child acting stuff, so he had been in things. But yeah, like there is the thorough King. This is like Bridge to Terabithia, bitch. Please come on. That's where everyone else came from. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Five minutes. Of but I
1: feel like <laughs> that's now he's an adult. But I just feel like that's kind of like the nice thing about this movie and a lot of young adult like adaptations they pick people that haven't been in shit before because people are going to go see it because they like the book so they don't have to rely on like the main characters being those star-studded cast that everyone knows they can they can fill it in with the like outside characters being people who that people know you know like casting Woody Harrelson that dropped drew people in you know but
0: Viola Davis P- Peter Dinklage Jason Schwartzman.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you keep your main people young and hot and everybody's gonna come see the movie. It doesn't really matter who they sure are. It and they were, they were very successful on, on every front. Let's move on over to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the good. Cody, say something nice about Hunger Games, the ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I'm a nice guy. I get some
3: good stuff to say here Um, off the bat. I wanted to bring up my favorite part of the movie and you guys might have told me if it's the same, but I really, really like uh, Jason Schwartzman um, in this specific role too. um, As the, the lucky flickerman character, that's pretty much the only name I think I could pull off the top of my head here, but I thought he was really funny throughout. He kind of obviously the hunger games is at least I think is, is the most interesting part of this movie by far and him kind of being there just giving this like witty narration this entire time i thought was really good and he had me chuckling throughout and then his little flick joke (laughs) i don't know about that um obviously it matches his name and obviously it's you know again nepo babies to the to the og movies here but i thought his casting and his performance was really the standout for me
0: yeah i mean i think in general the supporting cast is is pretty strong uh Viola Davis is doing a lot, and I think that's necessary for the role. So it kind of works. I think Jason Schwartzman is doing just enough and it's hitting like the notes perfectly. Like he is, he knows exactly what movie he's in. Peter Dinklage, until the final scene, it does not work for me. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, Peter Dinklage, you can fucking act. You can pull off a monologue where you then, you know, commit, not commit suicide, but die by poisoning. Um, So like, yeah. you know, I don't even Johnny know what happened us. there, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Snow <laughs> poisons him.
1: Snow, Yeah, but why did he poison. drink it? Because he's rat rat a drug And Morfling, which is a drug oh.
3: Okay, well, fair enough. Um, I, I agree, though. Just to bounce off that, I, I have to shout out the Dink Man off the top, too. I mean, one of my favorite actors working today you really get like a Game of Thrones vibe at the end there where he kind of like turns everything on its head and is like, no, this these were my actual motivations. So I think that monologue is amazing. Um, I, I wish we did get more of him. And same with Schwartzman, too. I feel like once, um you know, we get past the second act there, they really just kind of hone in on these characters I don't care too much about. So I, I'm kind of disappointed with that. But the Dinkman's amazing. We need more of him, you know, in every movie ever.
1: I think the casting overall was like a major selling factor for me. I feel like they did a great job. Like I have her on my screen again. We'll come back to Tigress. Like their young casting of who they become later on, I think was spot on. They did a really great job of like it being believable that this is what they looked like before and what they grow into. I feel like the world building is just as fantastic. Like when you see it as it's growing and stuff, like i I could see how what was there in that movie grew to be what's in the initials that we had seen. I have to defend Peter Dinklage to you, Corbin. Like he's playing a strung out drug addict the whole beginning. Like I know, but his
0: entire role is to like show up in like Oh yes, I am the creator of the Hunger Games, and
1: I did. He doesn't. Know your, he's not talking I, like that. He hates I, it. He I, I like did that.
0: I did happen to know your father once. He was a good friend of mine. You know, like he's just doing shit like that the whole time. Like, and if and if any one of you cheats, you will be punished. Like, it's just you know, come on. Like, it's the most like fucking shit that you It's saying stuff that is only being said to the audience, not to the actual people there. I, I think there's a lot of poor writing in this movie. Dick Man is number one with it. I found there, it there at the end, Cody. That was awesome. We're in the good category, by the way, I sure, know,
3: but you
0: voted
1: me there. <laughs>
2: That's a great impression. I feel
1: like it's just, I really like this movie overall. You I talk about Mar- the world. This was the best fucking cast for that role too, because she's just always amazing. She's always good. And she took this psycho of a character and was like you want me to play a psycho i got you and like play the weirdest fucking person cody and can I you pull
0: that open. name
3: oh uh oh no i i have a little cast list pulled up i won't cheat though i have no idea
1: <laughs> dr volumina <laughs> gall
3: gall yeah i remember gall butter gall. i'll say about her i think she is having a ton of fun and it was definitely fun to watch her on screen the one thing i did dislike Again, I guess this is the bad court. I mean, this is the good category, but still uh, there's like this little maniacal laugh that like every time she like walks into the room, like just like the same sound clip plays. And I really dislike that. But <laughs> all of like the personal stuff with her and uh, whatever, Tom Blythe, um, all of their scenes together, I thought were like really intense. Yeah,
0: because
3: they're both kind of like, uh, you know, holding their cards pretty close to the chest, which I thought was good. But yeah, I mean, Viola Davis is a ridiculously good actress. So yeah, casting wise, I think you were spot on, Mina. I think
0: especially the side characters they nailed. And Mina, you talked about the world that's kind of being built around. And I think they have like a really tough task here because there's a visual language that was set up in the original Hunger Games trilogy, Uh which is approximately 300 years in the future or whatever, like some futuristic society. But then you have to like create, the past of the future. So you have to like do this like retro futuristic thing. And I think they capture it pretty well. So you've got like, like the weird phones, that are also like FaceTimes and you've got Lucky Flickerman with like his old style mic and but then also like the giant big screens and they've got drones so it's like kind of all over the place and I actually really like the kind of retro futuristic look it gives me I don't know if this reference means anything to either like Bioshock the video game vibes kind of Bioshock Infinite like that kind of area um, and I think that is really interesting and cool I love all the clothes and the styling you know Tigress obviously it's important to her character um, that she's kind of like supposed to be like creating all this stuff for Coriolanus and I think all that looks really cool it's a strong suit of the original trilogy and uh it continues through here even Lucy Gray's uh dress that you know comes from her mother I think is it looks really cool
1: I thought that was cool they did that really well because I think like obviously she wears it for the whole Hunger Games so they talk about it all the time in the book and I was very concerned about how they're going to make that look the way they talk about it in the book I think they did a really fucking good job of that could you imagine wearing heels the whole time you're chasing for, like running for your fucking life in the Hunger games pass that's get them some sensible <laughs> shoes for christ's sake they don't care about them as like people so i guess it makes sense.
0: it's just like survivor it's whatever you roll up in that's what you got to compete in so you wear heels to the fucking reaping day that's on you i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> damn um I'm snowlands on top. I'm pro snow puns. I don't know if you guys feel similarly, yeah. but like I, I think that's great. Give me all the snow puns you can. not That was my last thing, honestly. Um, I really, really love uh, Dinklage's
3: line where he's like, "Do you hear that snow falling?" Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a-
3: <laughs> now. There's an impression. <laughs> The, the comeback.
1: I really fucking wish she had been like winter is coming at the end of it though. <laughs> Ooh, like,
3: <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, but then the second comeback of like, oh, snow's always on top. I thought that one wasn't as good, but mm. I, I agree with you, Corbin. I, I love the snow puns. Uh, give me more of those uh, all day, every day.
0: Yeah, it's all about the names. And uh, also I like the snakes. I, it's obviously like in the title, so it, maybe it doesn't quite live up to like that impact. But I think design wise, like the the rainbow of colors looks super sick. Just like that visual of the tank, and then also like the honestly, like the storytelling—the way it uh, sets up, like the the fact that they're little weird little sne- sweat sniffers—with the uh, original, you know, the proposal and the girl getting bitten, and then you know the way that it saves Lucy Gray in the end of the, the book. It's a very you know novelistic uh, writing beat, but I I do like it, and I like the a rainbow of destruction.
1: That's a fucking piece in the book that I wish they had done right in the movie because it was so much fucking cooler when clement when uh clemencia that's the character that gets bit gets bit um it she starts getting scales and shit and she's like in the hospital for like half of the beginning of it she like misses parts of the hunger games and stuff and she's um reaper's mentor um but she comes and finds Coriolanus in the hospital and was like, what the fuck? You haven't come and seen me? And she's all scaly, like, kind of turning into a snake and shit. And I was like, this is so cool! And seeing that in the movie would have been so fucking cool. But they had to cut it, obviously, because, like, that shit, they, they gotta get going into it. But Yeah,
0: and they just wanted to be like, oh, the snakes kill you, basically. It's easier yeah, that way. But
1: she, cu- she does come back and she, like, still got scales on her a little bit that she's gotta hide with makeup and stuff. And it's just like, this is a piece I think is so cool and like leads into the fact that they do create mutations like that later where they like fuck with you and make you look like different than you are.
0: So well, that and even like that idea of like how at the end of the Hunger Games, if things like aren't wrapping up, they send out like the mutants or whatever. Like, I don't even remember. What yeah, they're like weird dogs. Right. So like they're that, call, idea. they're called like mutts. mutts. Yeah, yeah, the mutts. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's similar to that, which is cool to kind of see again, like the beginning. I
1: just thought that would have looked really cool in the movie, but it is what it is it's fine <laughs> we can move
0: on do we want to yeah cgi scales i don't know what i'm done that sounds fun
1: <laughs> i don't think that has to be cgi i think that could be just really makeup well Practical. Like, why yeah. does that have to be cgi
0: it would have had to be i i commanded it um
1: <laughs> i do
0: like the uh just like the snow family story and the basis that they come from again it's like something it's the aspect of the movie that i wish was delved deeper into like there's certain story beats and certain story ideas that i'm sure in the book are fleshed out further but just like i feel like it would be so much cooler uh to see them kind of get into and one of those things is just like this idea of the fake power and like the pretended wealth that like the snows because of his father dying um and them not really having any like inheritance or any person there to like vouch for them um out there like making money for them but like the position that that puts them in the capital and the way that they're like really kind of like putting on the fake clothing and trying to like seem better than they are and then also in comparison the ideas of like sejanus and his dad having like bought their way into the capital and like that stuff is really cool to me when the only way that they really get into it is like the sejanus stuff is is explored more i'll give you but like most of it is again just like one-off expository lines about like oh, hey, don't you know that guy is the one whose dad gives out the plinth prize? Like, I think the ideas of where the wealth and the power comes from and even like within the capital, the differences in wealth and power and like the structure of who these people are and and why like the snows are looked down upon. I think that stuff could be explored so much more and why he has to feel that he has to win this prize and he has to win the Hunger Games and he has to go out of his way to to climb to the top, top, to pull other people down, you know, in the same way that the American dream exists. Like, I feel like there's an easy, obvious allegory there that you'd be drawing, and instead it's just like, oh, well, he's a sociopath, so he... And he loves this girl, so he's going to save her. And there's just so much more there that I feel like they don't touch.
1: Did you take away from this that the snows are looked down upon? Not
2: because I mean, they're, they're, they're not like the they're whole di- point they're different
1: no, the whole point of him lying is because they're like the elite and so he has to keep that persona because he doesn't want people to see that they've fallen because like everyone else has gotten back to like where they were at pre-war except for his family because his parents died and no one's making money so he's hiding all that like that's like the whole piece of the food and stuff like that. He's not eating, but he lies about that and everything. And like the whole thing, he's just trying to protect his persona that should be there versus people thinking he's shit. Everyone thinks he's great, minus Dinklage.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I, maybe the movie doesn't, I, I feel like the movie makes it seem like everyone is not a huge fan of him and that he is kind of an outsider obviously Sejanus again is like the the more supreme outsider but just even like the fact that he's connected to him and friends with him I feel like pulls him down there I don't know what are your thoughts Cody
3: (laughs) I kind of got the same impression a little bit of like you know, Snow isn't as highly regarded as I thought he would be in a sense. But now that Mina says that, I think Dinklage is kind of the only one who really, you know, talks about that in a sense. Because um, he's like, oh, you know, what if you don't get the plinth prize? What are you going to do? He's like, oh, probably just do it anyway. He's like, no, nah, I know you guys don't have any money. So I I thought that aspect was interesting. But kind of the entire like political aspect, I don't know if it was dealt as much as they could have. Um, again, make the movie longer, I guess. But I don't know. I think there's a bunch of stuff that I, that at least that went over my head,
0: I think. Do you have any more good either of you?
1: I mean, other than the fact that I really like that District 12 looks the same as it does. Like, I just, I like that. I don't know. And that we get a map while well, Lucky's doing the weather. We get to see like where all the districts are. True. I liked that. I thought that was I cool. I wish they
3: would just do that like at the beginning of the movie. Be like, hey, here's the districts. Be like, oh, 12's in Mexico. That's pretty cool. Um, Or wherever it's at, but... I think that would be I mean, a lot. it's like more.
1: the Northeast
3: is where 12 is, but. <laughs> it's like West Virginia, There's one in Mexico. Right. I don't know what number it is, but.
1: But I thought you that was cool because like maps. when I read the books, I literally just pictured it as being like a long line, like 12's here. And then you just go and they're yeah. all right next to each other. But Like, I guess that's not the case. And I think that's like, I thought that was cool to finally see a map and lucky doing the weather for all the districts as if they watch it like okay
3: (laughs) I did like that too like the him being like a part-time weatherman and also like the host of the show I like he has like
0: a a really small uprising that is cool well they do watch like what they do know right like the people watch because that's the whole point they have to watch because
1: that's a the whole they don't watch. That's Nobody the watches. That Hunger making Games, it engaging yeah. is because people don't watch, and people in the districts don't have TVs. That's why when he, they say "Who are you?" and the cameraman laughs, he goes, "Not everyone in the districts has TVs." Blah, blah blah blah. You know, he's got to like. They don't watch the districts, which is the whole point of them doing mentors.
0: This just is a shitty punishment that doesn't make any sense because then, the people don't actually know what happens in the Hunger Games. Like they just. Well, they just—they just, taken away they just rip away, away one of around.
2: their kids yeah. See, that is,
1: yeah, like they have the big. They got to set up like fucking TV,
0: point. you know, viewing parties or something like the Super Bowl.
1: This is that's the fucking point. It's the tenth Hunger Games, so they're trying to build all that shit. Like that's literally the whole point of this movie and them doing the Hunger Games in this way is because there's not a fucking point to doing them. So you better make a point, otherwise we're cutting them. And Dr. Gall refuses. Of them get cut because she wants to be sadistic and torture people in new ways. Like that's like the whole fucking point.
0: Yeah, I think the sorry. <laughs> no.
3: Go off. Go off, Queen.
0: Yeah, I think the <laughs> ideology here is just kind of thin. It's just like generic fascism. And I was talking to you about this last night, Mina, and we kind of got into a little bit so we don't necessarily have to rehash all those things. But I just feel like uh it's very generic, and I think that that's okay because it works and it's successful, but like, again, there's so much like I don't know anything about how this, econ- I, and again, maybe it's not good for a movie, but I don't know how this fucking economy works. I don't understand how the society's laid out. I get it's an authoritarian structure, and I understand that there's like a police state, but like, what is the fucking... What did these people believe in? What is this built upon? There is no like morality or understanding of why this war happened or how it was formed, or and I't know I me, mean it's like, oh, it's all about control. I get that. Yes, it's fucking control, but that's like the most generic bland thing, unless you just want to say it's like they want to force everybody to be to basically in this like fake cog in the machine <laughs> matrix of society where they're just but, like accepting everything and drinking and watching kids kill each other. like i I think I there's don't just understand
1: like nothing why here. I don't understand why you think generic doesn't work. Like generic breeds crazy shit because you have a baseline that just allows for anything. If you're too specific, now you're stuck in the weeds and you can't let other things happen. It's like, I think it doesn't too, make sense. That would never happen. generic yet.
0: to be believable. That's my problem. I think it's just like so because
1: like how... you're just watching the movie.
0: Exactly, but. Here's the thing though. I know we can sit here and compare it to the book all day, but like this has to work as a movie.
1: Agreed. Alone. But if you saw it, if you sat through this movie and they were just hashing out what the politics were, you'd be pissed that you sat through a movie that was just talking about politics the whole time. Like you're not gonna win here because you're gonna be mad that they're too paying too much attention to this and there's not action, or there's action and they're moving the story along, but there's not enough world building in this area. Like this movie would have to be two parts in order to give you all the stuff you want. But I think
0: the problem is because this is so close to the origin and it feels like I'm lacking extremely important context to like really understand why any of this is happening. And the reason it works in the original hunger games is because we can be like, well, shit, this was like 75 years ago that this like revolution happened. And this is like, it's so distant from our current time, but also it's distant from the time that the people are currently living. It's kind of, easy to understand how the hunger games could have even got started and gotten to this point um because you accept it in this where they're like trying to show us the early reasons that happened but then like we don't even understand like we like why are the districts being fucking like what makes the cat like why does the capital see themselves as better than the districts is it all about money is it all about some genetic belief like th- there's just nothing there to me it's more just like it's, it's geography based and i and i know like I guess that's, you know, that's happened before, but there's not even this idea of like the capital wants to conquer or expand their imperialism in any way. Like they're stuck in this static place of like just survive. Like there's just nothing there. It's just simply we put kids into a cage to control the thoughts of people.
1: I guess for argument's sake, is that they're building and not staying in the stagnant place of survival is the original trilogy. You know what I mean? Like they build into like. So I feel like that's the problem with this movie is that it's far enough removed from the initial war by 10 years that we're not seeing the war except for that little piece in the beginning where they're kids. So you're not seeing the war and why the war happened, but you're not seeing the thought process right after the war for the first Hunger Games. You're into the 10th where people are realizing this is stupid. Why are we doing this anymore? It doesn't make any sense. We're evolving past this, and there's people trying to come up with the reason as to why you still have it. Like you're, yeah. we're, I think you're right. We're in that weird time period where you can't get the context for both and be satisfied.
0: Yeah, definitely not. And and also, it's like this weird thing of like, if this is just North America, like, what does the rest of the world currently look like? I, I know it's tough because. Suzanne Collins probably doesn't even really care about how we got to this place. And it's not really about how we got to this, like this future, like what's happened in the last 300 years, but um, there has to be, there has to be some sort of feasible basis that makes sense. Um, and again, going back into like the the stuff that I don't like with the, yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm convinced that it's World War Three, and we just get a new Pangea. So now if we're all just one land again, like it's- It's, it's a bad just...
0: map then for those purposes. Um. <laughs> again, I I hit on the sports betting thing. Fucking ESPN now has their own like betting that is integrated into theirs. Like Disney owns a fucking sports book at this point, right? So like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's become, and maybe this movie was almost like a couple, like a year too early to like really capture that. But I feel like there's so much potential right there. There's like that one offline of like Snow being like, oh, why don't people bet on this? But like there are so much about our current culture that again, you could extrapolate into a world where, you know, people are fighting each other again. Like also this idea of like combat sports in our current culture and the way that those athletes are mistreated and the way that we bet on that and root for those things. Obviously, for me as somebody who works in sports media, it's obvious to see why I would be interested in like the greater ideas of like television, and getting people to watch and like creating content and like turning the Hunger games into a spectacle. But like, what, that's what allegedly this movie is partially about, right? It says it for a little bit. This, you're learning how the Hunger Games became, became a big thing, but then it's maybe like 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the actual runtime, and then they have so much other shit to deal with. And it's that's something I'd like to see more focus on. What is in his proposal? How do they make these things happen? Of course, again, it's like he does the proposal and then the Hunger Games the next day. And then like it's just, it's so moving at a breakneck pace that you can't slow down and, and really examine anything. But- I find
1: interesting there. I mean, that leads me into my first bad, so that we can actually say the bad as the title as what we're talking about right now. But like it's such a quick pace, but it also feels so slow at the same time. Like I feel like my second time watching it, I felt after the Hunger Games was over that the movie was over. Like I was waiting for them to bring me my check at Alamo. I was like, let's go, let's go home. But then like they're only halfway through the movie at this fucking point. And so it's like so weird that you're running through the storyline but also at the same time you're like how is this movie not over yet and i thought that was a really weird dichotomy that i was trying to deal with at least in my second time watching it
3: yeah i I completely agree and um like i said i mean i think this movie is too long when i was in the theater and the hunger games ended i was ready to walk out i was like all right that wasn't that bad but then it's no, like, grueling hour of just, like, sucking my soul out of my body, I feel like. But um, specifically, too, I feel like they rush the ending a bunch. It's kind of, I guess, skipping the end here. But with uh, the whole... I don't even know their fucking names. I do know it. It's uh, Lucy Gray. How many times do they say the, the mofo named Lucy, Lucy Gray in this movie? I, I need a counter on it. I don't know which one um, has said more um, in, like, movie history. Like, John Connor, Lucy Gray... What was the other one we did a ton where they just said the fucking character's name a billion times? I don't know, but I need a counter on that. But basically the ending is like we get to this place of like mistrust because he lies about the number of people we've killed. But then like they keep going along to the shack for 10 more minutes. And then she's like, I got to get out of here. And then it's just like this weird stuff in the trees and he starts shooting everything. I don't know. It feels like extremely rushed to me, especially if we're going to gruel out like the last, you know, half hour, 45 minutes just for this kind of character moment in a sense. And also, too, I'll I'll throw it to you guys, obviously. but one tiny thing, I kind of knew that she's going to win the Hunger Games, too, because all of the stupid advertisements commercials just has the one scene of them like swimming in the lake. And I was like, when the Hunger Games started, I was like, oh, we didn't
2: see
0: the scene of them swimming in the lake. So she must win. And that must be like the last half hour or whatever. So well, and this, like the thing you're both alluding to is like that is the central problem to me of like these Hunger Games movies that they have to deal with of like, where do you put the titular Hunger Games in the story? How much do you show after? How much do you show before? How much of the movie is the actual game? The first one i think it's like kind of i think like you said cody catching fire is like the perfect balance where it like hits all of that and that book and movie ends like right as the games end, they're getting pulled out and like that's great and then like part one and part two have to deal with the fact that like they're not really about the hunger games and it's like a whole other thing and this movie that is put into three parts and as you know traditionally stories are told in three acts when your second act is the Hunger Games happening and then you have this third act that is nothing like a third act of anything else. like where it's like the setup to, like nobody's at like a low point. I mean, yes, he's sent off to District 12, but really he's going to see his girl like everything's looking up as you're heading into the third act and then you have to end on like a kind of a semi down note in the last 20 minutes when she leaves him, and then another positive note to finish it off. So it's really strange the way that it has to be paced there and, and kind of told.
3: I think just the construction,
0: you could have uh, done a little bit better. I think, but well, and and Cody, did you catch? So the whole thing, like with her disappearing, it's like the story she tells is what happens. Did you get? Did you miss That's that part? The
1: coolest it, fucking part. Because, yeah. but this is the problem with the movie is because
0: the first time <laughs> I watched it, I have no it's idea. a boring ass fucking part of the movie, and I zoned out and I missed it. And then the second time around. I like, knew it was happening and I started to do it again and I was like, no, I need to pay attention to what she's saying because it's like when they're they're laying by the lake and she's like the the,
1: the song that's being sung over the top as they're walking to the lake, they jump in the lake and then it pans to her laying on him and stuff like that yeah, and he I goes, so what does she survive? Yeah. So that's so, okay, this is something that's described in the book. So the cubby, like her family, their names are all in songs so basically like they're kind of like their stories so her song is lucy gray and that story is like that character in the song went off one day her footprints just stopped and she disappeared and so like what happened to her and then that's what happens in the end he shoots her and then you see her footprints they stop at the road and she's just gone but she starts singing again so you're like is she alive what's happening here and it's just like the genius of how that was written is that she is her song and so it's like he never actually knows what the fuck happened to her did he kill her where'd she go and, and that's the thing
0: that haunts him for literally you know she says i'm leaving to go get some catness, and then never you know she goes to grab some milk and, and doesn't come back to the yeah. kids and um to I'm- be
1: fair he shot her so he didn't want her to come back to him to right fair.
0: but cody you mentioned that scene where he's like uh oh, I've killed three people. That's fucking, that's like, might be the worst scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I hate that It's so stilted. He's not playing it well. He does like a bad lie of like, oh, I was saying I killed myself. And it's like, come on, man, just like say you feel bad about Sejanus dying. Like you could still take blame, because that's what, he's taking blame for that death. Like, I think she would still accept him taking blame for, even though, like, she doesn't know obviously that he, you know, sent the the bird off to the capital that really did him in. But. Right. If he just explained think... that, if he's like, "Oh, you know, I just
3: accidentally, you know, got the audio out of this bird and it ended up in the wrong hands, so I am responsible." Like, okay, that's a good excuse. You didn't really kill him, but I mean, I guess you know, side
0: effects. You did. The but... old me.
3: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Um. Oh, and a couple of small things. That's a little. Too. T- he's he's you... his inner Taylor Swift. The old me can't come to the phone <laughs> right now shout out
3: 12 verse 50s um I think you could like kind of mention this cover but not really but like uh Lucy Gray Rachel Ziegler's like the southern accent here I think that oh, specifically god. like takes me out of the movie a lot I think her performance is good but I just like kind of don't like this character because <laughs> she has like a terrible accent
1: what the fuck was that choice that was so yeah. bad I god I liked her singing like I kind of liked the way she would do that like that high pitch cut for words and like that, I thought that was really fun. But where the fuck did that southern accent come from? No one in twelve talks like that. What? Like, what the fuck? I,
0: yeah, I mean, I it's agree. the thing I said before. Like, she's art. in the oh, wrong okay. kind of movies. I don't really think she's an action star. She's a theater kid, and that's like okay. Like, I think that works. The accent is fucking atrocious. The singing works, but it's also like it's just working on the fact that like she can sing it's not the type of music that like a, a different artist or a different person singing those songs I think would be a lot more believable and a lot more effective like that folksy almost uh oh brother where are thou vibes that are coming out like someone else I think plays that so much believably there's even like the the hard nosed, like sharp biting like kiss my ass like type wit that she has to like pull off with the southern action that's like even worse and doesn't work for her yeah, I, I just don't, I think she's a star, but it's just not, not in this character role. Yeah, I agree. And then the other little, thing she's not Jennifer know. Lawrence. That's the thing. Like she's a totally different type yeah. think, of actress. J-Law can't sing like that. I don't think, unfortunately. Well,
2: uh,
3: but she
0: can sing. Okay. Like this thing, she could sing enough, but like she yeah. can do, J-Law could do action, but can also do, like, I don't know. Well,
1: like Katniss wasn't ever supposed to have like a good singing voice anyways. Like Lucy Gray's character is. She gets people to like her because her voice is so fucking good, and she's such a performer. I don't so believe
0: like, that. I could believe that uh, Jennifer Lawrence would grow up in like District Twelve, but I just like Lucy Gray looks. She looks no, like she doesn't fit in with any of those people. And I know, I guess she is kind of different. She's a cubby or whatever, but like, it just doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah, she's not well, from she Twelve. Feel like a minor. She feels like a city girl.
0: She's not from Twelve.
3: She yeah, she travels around. And that's just where she. But I, guess I don't that's think why she's so a minor.
1: Upset. I think she's like <laughs> seventeen or eighteen
3: and uh ah. <laughs> shout out um but i oh. want to bring up katniss what is going on here guys why is why is this something we need i don't care if we're gonna cut anything for this movie just cut all the katniss clips and- well no and-
0: le- you can leave them but don't like
2: when you have you say to have the have name, katniss, you, say katniss no. you don't, don't need, need like
0: katniss. a you don't need like a dun 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 to play like there's literally <laughs> ominous music starts fucking playing the second he says it like just have it in there it fits but you don't have to be like oh Katniss. yeah i agree i think that is by far my
3: least favorite thing in this movie Uh, i hate prequels who are like oh like i you remember this name like the one in solo
0: but we did to be sure we Uh, didn't know we knew prior that she was named after this plant it's not like they just invented the plant for this movie it mentions in the original text like, so I saw you in I didn't, of read, both, the like, I didn't I know, read the but book. I know I'm I'm filling you in. I'm <laughs> telling you now. In, but least... they do
1: it in they do it in the I, movies too yeah. because they because she picks primrose for her sister and she talks about like her plant is fucking hideous. It's ditchweed. Like, you know, like that's a thing in the movies too. So... I prefer the
0: name Katniss. It's much sweeter. <laughs> Yeah. Regardless, I
1: don't that was I your really best. Here. That was your best yet, Corbin. Thank you. You you found it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you.
0: Southern Belle. I can not actually do better than Rachel Zegler.
3: I had one last thing really, and it, it mostly just centers around like the characters' names. Um, mm. I mean, obviously it's it's book lore, so I don't want to bash on it too hard, but I think do legi- it, do
1: it, do it. <laughs>
3: All right, if you say so. Um, but I think legitimately, like through the OG movies here, I thought this guy's name was uh cornelius the entire time or something like that <laughs> i can barely even say it's a uh, coriolanus coriolanus all right yeah that's right good job coriolanus no um i just think like every time his name is said throughout the movie i'm like that's the dumbest name i've ever heard and then the other one i've other than lucy gray that i have a really uh, big gripe with is
0: uh mr sejanus
3: it sounds like a name out of game of thrones well that's like, i mean Serjanus. it's
0: a He was like a, a, he was a guy one of Caesar's boys, like Sejanus was a Roman guy. And Coriolanus is the name of a Shakespeare play. Like what
3: about they're they're all casca Casca high buttons? Casca high button. Clementia (laughs) Jovacote. Uh Felix Ravenstel. Dovecoat. It's
1: just Dovecoat,
2: buddy.
3: (laughs) Oh, those were all said wrong, but um, I just don't really like the names. And like I said, I I can't really remember any of them. So I feel like that doesn't help with, you know, some of the side characters I do like. I'm just going to call him, you know, Peter Dinklage. I'm not going to call Casca Highbottom because that's fucking stupid.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm the reverse. Even Even in movies that aren't based off of a book, when they have random names that are just like weird and like you're not sure why the fuck they're named that or whatever. I love it. I think it's so fun when writers have fun with naming people instead of just choosing the same fucking names over and over again like we corinne just watched a movie where the main characters names were beth and sarah like okay you you come up with something different like let's not just use the same fucking names over and over and over again I, um so i kind of like it i get it for when the next
0: mk so uh, 300 calling out the yeah. hall center's writing um, i just like hate. i
1: agree reading- people the same bullshit names
0: over and over. i mean my name's no
3: friends, you know, cody pretty stupid as well, but i shouldn't be talking too much crap but i agree i mean you spell it with a k
1: you have a little spice in there
3: yeah that's cool <laughs> add a little spice but um make it interesting like casca high bottom that's just like like it's different but it's not cool i don't think um but i agree give yeah. us give us weird names i'm here for the weird names festus
0: creed i like that
3: one
1: fucking festus creed sorry let's talk
0: ugly i got a few things here um but nothing like too controversial do you guys have anything spicy you want to start with you can kick us off i don't have anything (laughs) (laughs) too. i think this movie looks kind of ugly like i think the cinematography is kind of bad and um it's got these like it i'm not sure that and i could be wrong but i really tried to look and watch for it i do not think there is a single static locked off shot in the entire movie every single shot is handheld but really like steady cam like everything is constantly moving there is never and like i think it works for some scenes i think in general the the actual hunger games there's some like okay action it goes a little revenant on me and like i think maybe it's because some anamorphic lenses causing some weird flaring on the sides and they really get up close with the steady cam but overall i just think it like it doesn't work and reminded me like you need to like sometimes moments are okay to like slow down and take a breath. You don't have to like constantly be moving and, and swaying the camera.
3: <laughs> I agree with that. And I feel like that was one of the things I uh, really disliked about the first hunger games. So like the amount of shaky cam um, and that did kind of play out throughout the entire series. But I agree. I think even like after we get out of the hunger games, the the camera work is <laughs> kind of a little bit all over the place which I don't really find um, appealing. But my ugliest. I mean, these are kind of not even really that ugly, but first off, having like a snake jump scare. Come on, man. Like we went the entire movie and then at the very end, you're going to have a snake jump scare. Not cool. That's ugly. Uh, secondly, uh, Sir Janus and uh, Snow's relationship here. I mean, I don't really care about it. If I'm being honest, I guess they're friends. Um, it was stated in the first scene that uh, they weren't friends. And then all of a sudden, He's got like a picture picture again. Yeah. When did the picture
2: happen? I don't
3: know, but I guess they're best buds now. And then he just sold them out and he didn't care about them. So maybe it's just like the one sided relationship thing, but they didn't really delve into that. And I feel like that was something with Snow's character
1: that I just didn't really like at all. That was my main ugly. I fucking hated the way they showed that. Cause like that's the whole thing too. In the book, like Snow is getting close to Sejanus for a multiple, multitude of reasons. Like he actually does kind of start to gain a friendship in there but he sees an opening in like it basically like- blackmailing his dad to give him money before covering his son's ass so much. So it's like, he's like, cause he knows that Sejanus has been bailed out plenty of times by his parents' money. So then he like, after he saves him from the arena, he goes to their house later and he's expecting Sejanus' dad to give him money, but he just says thanks and sends him back home. Like, so That doesn't work out for him, but then he's in twelve for a few days before Sejanus gets there, and then Sejanus shows up. Now he has a friend again that connects him to the capital, and they really start to bond before they get to go out into the town and stuff like that. So, like the book actually makes you be like, "Wow, Snow could be a good person here and is genuinely getting a friend, and this could be really good for him." And then he betrays him, which is like I think would make him crying there after Sejanus dies mean more but at that point you just see him crying you're like why the fuck is he crying over this like he's the reason this happened so like what the fuck i but, think they did some
0: kissing that's my take
1: oh i like it nothing wrong with that off screen but... i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe just snow really... again being manipulative maybe he was you know he's just trying to he's trying to get the money man true and lastly yeah, I... uh, my last one was how dare you cheat
3: at the Hunger Games? Um, huh? Like, come on. Why is there like a moral compass to like this mentorship? Like everyone's cheating every second of this game. So I think that's really stupid. But I guess like morally, you know, that is pretty ugly. How dare you, Snow?
0: That's the, the one thing, hint of morality we know about these people. They don't like cheating. That's literally the only taste of what they stand cool. for. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's something. Hold
1: on. I have one thing. It wasn't really an ugly, but I think they did Wovi, that like little girl character, so dirty. Because yeah. she, uh, in the book, takes one of the broken drones and rewires it and has to just keep bashing people in the head. And I think that would been so all this movie she, she fucking gets eaten her, by his yeah. yeah. I was like, that would have been so cool to have her come out and just be like, fuck you guys. And like this cute little girl. But so I think that was ugly by doing well so fucking dirty in this movie by making her just die immediately
0: and i mean again i guess you know there's too much shit to do but like that would make the fucking drones better because i feel like the drones are so stupid that it's just like there's just shitty drones that they keep sending in and at least if there was like a purpose for like something they're also like them
1: only shitty once in the book and then they fix them like so like I don't know why they was like that but anyways you
0: know what's really fucking ugly the final (laughs) shot of this movie is in the fucking trailer that is insane to me you cannot do that you cannot put your not even the final the final two shots of the movie are just straight in the trailer that is that's just bad. Like, there's yeah. something for us to watch. Like, be excited to see. It's a criminal.
3: And they force us to watch these stupid trailers too, uh, before the movie. So yeah. I can't stand I hate it. it.
0: End it. End it all. It's a broken yeah. system. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back with invite fight knight. Totally invite your personal friend Spider-Man. I wanna fight you, Hans Bobby. I'm your white knight. We're going to start by inviting somebody on the podcast. I think I've got the obvious pick here. Lucky Caesar Flickerman. He's a showman. He could do a couple magic tricks for us. You know, he—he, he, I think he could definitely uh, make this podcast better by having him on it. What do you think, Cody? I'm
3: a fan of, of the Flickerman. Um, I would probably go with the Dinkman route here, though. Um, or, I mean, not the first time you've tried to get him on the pod. <laughs> that is true. That's a recurring uh, theme here. but He's <laughs> in a movie.
0: Chances are.
3: Yeah, I mean, if he's in it, I'm going to pick him, likely. But, I mean, Flickerman, he's more of like a visual guy, I feel like, like you're saying, with the magic tricks. So maybe not the best for um the podcast format. Well, so are you, Mr. Light Up Mike. <laughs> True, but nobody's watching. But uh, the Dinkman, he's awesome. I also want to hear his Leave backstory. Leave it in. <laughs> well, i just saying nobody's watching the YouTube version. I don't, at least, but that could be wrong. Um, I
1: watch it. I watch it all the time. Uh,
3: that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I want the Dink man's backstory here. No, that's <laughs> uh, the dink man like what's the story man how, how do we get to this point where he, like he gives us the whole story obviously like oh i created it when i was drunk and then your dad that bastard took it over it's like dude okay like it's been going on 10 years since then like i guess you've been sabotaging it but i, I kind of just want more of the backstory just because that's not was trying such, very hard that was such a quick turn too. like the entire movie i don't feel like there's too many notions of that and at the very end it's like oh, Dinklage is here and he's going off. So I, I just want more of that,
0: really. Yeah, I mean, all we, did, all we get to really see is like the, the subtle him, you know, taking drugs or whatever, but there isn't much. Yeah, in the but He does that in every movie he's in. So. I don't know. Fair enough. Mina, who do you want to get on the pod?
1: Dude, I'm also inviting High Bottom. Dinkman. i I just like also want some strung out high dude on the pod. I think that'd be really entertaining talking to him. So. Cody every week. What are you talking about?
3: i'm sorry too far, too far got i'm sober actually
1: congrats
0: <laughs> five five minutes sober
1: how many days is that good
3: uh, no comment oh.
1: <laughs> i think the dinkman would be a good one um and i agree i think getting to fully flesh out his story and why he wants to teach kids when he feels so miserable i think would be really fun to talk to i agree
0: I guess I've been, out, I've been outvoted.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're done. Who do you want to fight, Corbin? I want to hear that.
0: I think there's an obvious choice. Dr. Gall, Viola Davis. She's, you know, the big bad villain in this. Um, we don't even, like, get to see the president character at all in this entire movie. They're kind of not even really there. She is, like, the the true the power force in this. Um, and then there's a little, little fun side choice. I'll, I'll throw in Grandmama, that that old lady that lives with
1: Grandma'am. Grandma, Grandmama.
0: that's what I want to call her. Um,
1: it's not her name, she can get a little right hook. It's grandma. <laughs> what did she do? She's always complaining. <laughs> snow falls on top. She is like in the book, like she's like the racist, horrible fucking person. <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, she does oh, a shot. Work.
3: Let's go, convince me. Yeah, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all over that one. Who do you want to fight, me? I'm
1: gonna fight Festus Creed. He's that, like redhead guy that goes you're not gonna like i'm gonna win so you have to win right kind of thing to his quarrel is the one that the, the trident the whole time is his person he's just fucking gross and i hate his character like the way he talks and stuff like that i'm like no i want to hit you like you just are horrible so i want to yeah. hit him
3: i back that i think those two um like specific from the hunger games were i feel like pretty pretty easy candidates there I did go Corbin's direction though too. Here <laughs> I I went, uh, to the deck violet Davis. I mean, she's kind of just like a dickhead the entire movie and there's no real repercussions, I feel like. And also we don't see her in the OG series, so we don't even get like a cool payoff then. So she's I feel like dead in the OG series. Exactly. So I feel like she just got it coming here and I kinda just want to take a shot at her. Yeah. Somebody's I feel like this is out. the only
1: movie that you're going to say you want to hit Viola Davis. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is the only time that you would want to say this.
3: That story. is very true. I, I don't know if she's done a ton of like villainous
0: characters, but this is probably like one of the wackiest that she's done. I
3: think.
1: Suicide Squad. I guess yeah, Amanda Waller, like not heavy. necessarily
0: a noted n- nice. nicely. Yeah. I will say this is one of her
1: few characters not that, that I
0: think Cody and I could actually take. Uh, she's kind of just a crazy old lady. Most of Viola Davis' characters would probably kick Cody and I's ass. Uh, the woman king i think oh yeah definitely the woman <laughs> <king>. i <laughs> yeah. think
3: this i think this girl's got some uh tricks up her sleeves too so I well, yeah she'd fucking some but... like
0: weird snakes on us but you know hand to hand cody i should just
3: you. pull out a skunk for
0: you and you'd be done so you know, our uh, <laughs> knight uh we we talked about him already a little bit with the rabies but i'm gonna knight jessup i mean he takes a bat bite to to save lucy gray and that's that's pretty noble and ends up uh doing a man at the end of uh it all so he doesn't get a lot of screen time here um he's basically a nothing character one of the few people of color in the entire movie doesn't get to really do much other than uh be at service to our leads so i will knight him here
3: good choice um i'm kind of bouncing off i believe i'm picking the character of reaper here he was the one who like pulled the flag down right is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the character's names, but he was really awesome. I think just from a morality standpoint, he seemed like uh, the most sane person in the arena. It seemed, you know, trying to protect, you know, the young, uh, the young girls and stuff. I thought that was good. And then at the end, like all the dead bodies lined up, he's like, this isn't right. So kind of pulling that down and covering them up. I thought he was kind of just like the moral, you know, center of that Hunger Games in a sense. And uh, he kind of went on a tough way too. So yeah, definitely deserve of of the night here.
1: I mean, not to keep harping on like what happens in the book versus the movie, but like Reaper's so much cooler in the book too cuz like he doesn't move them all at one time. Like every time someone dies, he moves them into that line and then covers them up and he rips off part of the flag and ties it around him like a cape. Or some of it, which is cool. That is and cool. then he he doesn't die by the snakes either. Like Lucy Gray kills him. Oh. Yeah by like he never eats at all during the hunger games and so she just kept keeps moving the flag off of the bodies and then he has to go fix it and then ends up dying of exhaustion because like his heart gives out which is like crazy <laughs> i guess they didn't show us that because
0: i would have taken fucking hours
3: yeah i mean this is i would have rather, so rather seen that i would have rather seen that on the damn third act yeah give us that poison
1: this like the snakes the snakes happen still but like they're a little bit different but like reaper's fucking cool so like good thing i got
3: you who are you nighting
1: me now Knighting my lovely lady tigris back here like i fucking love her i think i want more of her story in this movie because i think she's just pretty cool she doesn't have a lot of story in the book either but she like is the only moral one in that house either like as well like she cares about the people in the district she recognizes all of them have just gone through some pretty traumatic and horrific shit with this war and the fact that one group of people gets to be punished and the others get to just be the punisher like she doesn't have she doesn't like that so i like i want to knight her i like Tigris.
3: i like that big a lot i think she her character specifically was really underutilized too again another one who kind of just disappears halfway through but I think uh the morality point again with like her and snow kind of bouncing back and forth um was actually pretty interesting
0: in the first act so yeah i I back it all right we're moving on to the recast
1: bond james bond my name is bond james bond the name is bond james bond the name is bond
0: james bond mina who do you want to replace in this movie
1: i've got two i want to replace Grandma, even though the actress that plays her has a funny name Fiona. yeah i was gonna
0: say it earlier and then i was like i can't even attempt
1: that i think she actually does live in the capital based off of that name but like give me maggie smith she's like severe and i feel like she would have been really good in this and being like fuck all of these district kids and stuff like that like i think she would have been really fun um, and I just love seeing Maggie Smith in a movie. So give me some Maggie Smith there.
0: Could have been another draw uh, for the uh, the late millennial fans of uh, of books. Maggie Smith, she's getting up there. I don't know how well she's doing right now, but, uh, you know, prime Harry Potter Maggie shit. Smith. Yeah, she's she's quite yeah. well done and I hope she's doing good. But Cody, we'll we'll throw it over you for your first one. Yeah, I got a couple as well. Um, I mean, first up, I don't know if this is
3: obvious, but I'm getting rid of uh, Rachel Ziegler here. Kind of my thought process is mostly just like the Southern accent. Um, so maybe we can drop that. But I had a couple picks. I mean, the super one is like Jenna Ortega, but maybe that's even too mainstream. My deeper cut is uh, Daphne Keene. I think uh, we haven't seen a ton of, from her since Logan. And I think she was really, really good in that. Again, probably for everybody, just drop the Southern accents and and would be fine. But those are my two other kind of like up and coming actresses so I do like a
0: lot going to be appearing in the uh i like that tv show star wars tv show coming up so true you've, you've talked about her on the in the past code you're always trying to get her in stuff so yeah
3: man she's really good in logan and i feel like she hasn't done tons since. so i'm definitely a fan
0: i mean yeah she was in uh 23 episodes of his dark materials the tv show. so i guess she has existed in the uh yeah. young adult adaptation world yeah i don't think anybody's really upset too much but she's probably good in it i believe it uh, yeah, shout out to HBO Max or the artist Whoa.
3: HBO Max. Yeah, hey, so, calm down there, man.
0: Um, I'm also going to replace uh, Rachel Zagle. I really just have one recast here. There's like two people that are too old for the role now. So maybe like 10 years ago, I could see like a, maybe like 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago for Kate Winslet and then like 10 years ago for Emma Stone. I think either of them could have maybe pulled it off. But my pick for like someone a little bit more contemporary would be a Sersha Ronan Cause I think I think she can do the accent. I think uh, a lot of English, well, she's not English, but a lot of people from the Isles, she's Irish, but um, like those are more similar to Southern accents and they can often kind of pull them off. I think she could do like the more folksy, homely singing thing. I think like the little women outfits feel more adjacent to this. And uh, she's also done some like action type stuff, the movie, Hannah. I-, I don't think it's that great necessarily, but like she's been there. So that that's my pick, my fave, Sarsha. <laughs> I like it. Bring out the potatoes. I don't know if she can sing, honestly, though.
2: I yeah, Stone
0: just- and Winslet work better for those purposes. You can fix it in post. It'll it'll be all good. Uh, I'll just
3: I'm getting rid of uh, Sir Janus here, again. Actor wise, there's uh, no
1: R. It's Sir Everyone Sejanus.
0: in the movie says it with an R though. That's on them.
3: No, Sejanus. they don't.
1: They say they say Sir Janus. There's not an R in it.
0: Well, Cody heard an R. I heard an R.
1: Because you just... guys add R's to everything. You say <laughs> Sherbert. There's not an R in that either. By the Sherbert.
0: end. I think there's a there's an it's orange sure
3: it's <laughs> Sherbet.
1: It's S H E R B E T.
0: You're thinking of sorbet,
2: Amina.
0: I
1: like I'm both. I'm
3: not. Um, <laughs> this guy's name know. is evidently Josh Andres Rivera and he was also in West Side Story, which I was not aware of until just now yeah. but
1: He's dating Rachel Zegler is the reason she's
3: in the movie. Oh, they're actually dating in real life?
0: Yes, Cody. We'll, we'll share a little oh. bit of a behind oh. the scenes fact there for you. <laughs> Rachel Zegler I tell you that. was, uh, you know, busy filming, doing doing her actorly thing. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from acting. So sorry, Hunger Games. I'm going to take my name out of contention for this role. And then she gets a call from her, uh, her boyfriend and he's it's like... A Janus? Yeah, so Janus, Josh, I, hey, I just got this role in the new Hunger Games movie. I'm so excited. And then she was like, oh, shit, I guess I will go. Uh, hey, you guys should consider me. So then they, they got to hang out.
3: Well, I like feel –
0: Lovely time on
3: I do feel better replacing him now. Um, In my my pick, I'm going with uh, John Boyega. Um, again, maybe a little bit too old at Ooh. this point, but we we don't really care about that in the recap. I like
1: that, though.
3: Yeah, I think he would be really good in this role kind of – because he can go darker, I think, too, especially when, like – He's freaking out in Congress. I I can see John Boyega like yelling at everybody, and everybody like, "Damn, I, I think he's kind of right." So yeah, I, I think he would fit in perfectly with with this cast and and uh and be a really good Sir Janus. He can pull off the fish yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh, but John is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I want to see him in a ton more too. I think I've had him in my recast, uh multiple times as well. So yeah, love me with some Boyega. He's Nina, is your uh, other recast?
1: Well, you guys did her on your first recast, but I'm getting rid of Rachel Skiegler too. And I'm casting someone who I think is above the age now, but Lucy Hale, uh, she was in Pretty Little Liars and um, Scream 4, like she knows how to do action and like kind of that stuff. She can sing as well. And I think she has the body type where she looks like she wouldn't be able to fight and do anything but would still look good doing it when she has to, you know, when it wouldn't look like awkward or I also think Sadie Sink would be kind of interesting in this role. I don't think the accent has to stay. Like, I think that was a choice on Rachel Ziegler's part. I don't think that's like anything that's well, I think they, so. they like
0: composed the music and they did the production design in a way that I almost feel like she was like, overcome by the spirit of the, the country i think like i think she i think it just overcame her like she was forced into it by the instrumentation though so like you start playing a banjo and people you know start She's never playing
1: i mean i guess but like i don't think she needed to do that
0: i don't know it was a distinct choice to make district 12 feel much more folksy than before i think it has a similar look but it I don't know if it feels quite the same as the uh, original di- or the other District Twelve we see later.
1: I think it just feels more depressed in the original yeah, District that's Twelve. Fair. Everyone fair.
0: is a little bit just more depressed. So that's
1: yeah. But I think we all agree. Let's just get rid of Rachel Seagull. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, yeah. there. I think I think Lucy Hale though. I think that actually is probably the best pick uh, that any of us have thrown out there. I like that one a
1: lot. Thank you. Thank
3: you. I like Sadie Sink better, honestly. Uh, she's a really good uh, singer, I think too. So. I'm on board with that.
1: I think it would just be kind of fun to see like a different, like kind of vibe in that role. I think she looks like she could actually put up a fight a little bit more than anyone else we threw out there, which kind of throws it.
0: Let's move on to the rating.
1: But do you like me?
0: What do you want to rate it out of 69? I feel like I always get us off with the
3: ratings. I did go back a little bit too and, and try and put this in a good place for, for some of my other ratings. I'm going to end up going with a 28 out of 69. I think it's pretty fair. Like Jesus. I said, I think I like like a third of this movie, and it's just like ridiculously, ridiculously long. Some of the cast is good. Some of the Hunger Games stuff is good. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair for me. That's like two, two and a half stars, somewhere in that range. I'm gonna
0: give it a 47 out of Whoa. 69. Holy I mackerel! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think it's like a maybe I've maybe I've been oh, talking a lot of shit here, sucks, but I, I think the thing is, it's like a decent version. Of okay, let's think about it, Cody and Mina. Of like all the box office IP big budget things we've been given this year. Your Marvels, you know, any adaptation. Like, this is the best thing we've gotten in that kind of scope. That isn't just like true fucking me wearing my letterbox hat, cinema, cinema. Like, I'm not gonna like I I I can get behind a little bit of dribble here and I think this is a good version, not the best version, but a good version of big budget IP filmmaking for young people. And I think it succeeds in doing that. I have a lot of problems with it, uh, but I still think it's 47. Mina, what do you want to give
1: it? I think this is going to come to a shock, but my initial was to give it a 45. So Corbin out here raking it higher than me. Wow. um, This falls into the trap that I often have to- You like gave Clueless a 60
0: for the record. <laughs> Go look at your previous rankings.
1: They're very different movies <laughs> and I like them for very different reasons. Clueless has a very nostalgic feel for me, so it will always be ranked high for me for that purpose. This falls into the trap of it follows the book, but not really. And- I can't get that out of my head so I have to rank it lower just for that um and then it just like has issues that I am just not a fan of in all ways I still would watch it again I've already seen it twice but I would still turn this on and watch it again um but it's not uh, a 45 for me
0: do you, do you gris- disagree with what I'm saying about uh I definitely do I don't think it's the best um
3: <laughs> IP project we've seen all year, I think name a few others i mean it's not the
0: best Um, guardians of the galaxy volume 3 is significantly better but i'm saying it's like a solid good version
3: that comes out this
1: year
0: this is a three and a half star movie yeah may of 2023 i think it's like a solid three and a half star film i think it's it's overly long it's bogged down by the source material but it's got some interesting stylistic choices a fun young cast that i am mostly heavily attracted to and uh, yeah, I, I think it works. I mean, I can't
3: argue <laughs> against the attractiveness. I mean, that's that's this franchise shoot. Yeah I like write. seeing
0: hot people on screen. Cody, I'm sorry. I think just story wise, it's a little. I more like how you funny.
1: only address Cody about liking hot people on screen, and you didn't <laughs> address me for, it. for that. So you get to hear it.
0: I wouldn't be saying these things if you weren't here. Just for the record, this is a safe. Space.
1: That's
2: bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> only because you're here that I, can I can I admit how I feel about Rachel Zegler? Um, Teenage Ninja. Turtles Me Mayhem John Wick Chapter 4 those are better versions sure Creed 3 that's like a better version but like i don't So know. you looked you looked up IP movies this year and you already found like five better than this I'm saying this is a solid <laughs> version especially in terms of I don't of think like, this movie's terrible no but it, this I, movie I don't think is it's made good. for us Cody whereas like a lot of those movies are not really made for us they're made for like this is this is our we are the courtier
3: movie made for us. It's definitely not made for me. I'll tell you that much. But uh, it's not bad. I, I don't like think it's the worst movie ever. But I don't think it's anywhere near like four stars. No offense.
0: Like if you like this movie, you know, I think it's I li- a bottom I like you half three and a half star movie. We don't we, we don't hate on people
3: <laughs> who like bad movies, but I just don't like this movie.
0: Can I throw Can I throw a couple movies it's I close mean, to in rankings? Go ahead, Mina.
1: I feel like it hit us at the age, like just too far past a little bit. Like, I think because this book came out around COVID, this movie couldn't have come out any sooner, but I think you're right. It hit the right demographic because we are the people that liked the originals when we were in our adolescence, but I think it missed us by like a year or two, maybe a little bit as far as being peak when we needed it. You know what I mean? I feel like at this point, everyone's just kind of like, whatever, i think this would have this would have hit a lot more i think right before covid and going into covid i think it would have been like holy fuck i agree the
3: timing is is definitely a little bit too late and i mean my perspective is kind of like does this add a ton to like did we need this in a sense i don't know it definitely adds a little bit but i don't think it's like pivotal to like changing my
0: perspective on on those og movies that much i was reading this medium article that somebody wrote in like 2020 so it's you know about how like
1: we're such a film bro uh,
0: no i was we're like the it was a it was not the greatest article but it's just like oh how the hunger games are more relevant than ever with our current political climate and i just think that like this movie could have been a response to that, but in no way is it. And I think that's the problem that I have, which is like, it feels, it doesn't really feel resonant. Like you said, like maybe it's, like it just doesn't feel resonant to anything current that's happening. That's probably what I, was, that's what I you think the original was worried? a little bit to a certain degree, but I think that's what I was trying to articulate earlier. And maybe I just said it in like five words than what I tried to say in like 30 earlier, but just like, it doesn't really feel like resonant to any, like it just doesn't- <laughs> But you still like it. Not a good metaphor for current <laughs>
1: And yet you still rated the highest out of all
0: of them.
3: That's Calvin Corbin's like most controversial rating, I think. We need to see the other movies that are around like the 45. Well, I was, yeah, I rates. was gonna say shout out
0: good out, ass movies. Shout out Uncut Gems, Napoleon Dynamite, Avatar. I have this right above Avatar. It's not That's that nice. great of movies, actually, but Uncut Gems I is
1: amazing. I agree with you. This is above Avatar. Fuck Avatar. Um, I, I
0: could
3: get I could get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar fucking sucks. Below The Last Jedi, <laughs>
0: below Fast Five, below Men in Black, below Hollywood. Well, your last Jedi reading doesn't even count. So, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> last Jedi's too high, but I agree with it being below all the others, you said.
0: Let's click it on, and on to the next category. You might also like. Who knows? You might like it. It's a killer rush.
1: If you like The
0: Hunger Games Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes, what kind of movies would you be interested in you watching? You
1: really got a knot with that. What do that you think? That was bad. I like, I like that. <laughs> I've got some other uh, YA adaptations that maybe not like super faithful to the book and like didn't get another one because it didn't go, but Beautiful Creatures, another Viola Davis feature as well. This movie kind of combined the book series into one movie and it did not receive further sequels because the fans got pissed, Um, but it's just a fun movie to watch if you don't care about that. Obviously check out the OG Hunger Games series. If you haven't um the giver and the mortal instruments, those are my, uh, my wrecks. If you like this, you should give those all a watch. Cause they're fun. You don't have to have read the book to really understand what's happening. See and when it comes it controversy to... within the fans. So there's
0: like you Okay. You said the, you said mortal instrument. And then there was the first one, beautiful creatures. And then there's like his dark materials. Like there's all these fucking names that are like, so Adjacent in the like world of City
3: of Bones or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Some well that that is
0: City of Bones. Well, that's part of Beautiful
3: Mortal Creatures. Instruments. Oh, uh, okay. Or, not no. Mortal
0: Instruments. Sorry, yeah, I don't know. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> All over the place. We love titles. Um, Hunger Games is a good title, though. Um, Beautiful
1: Creatures is about witches. It's not about yeah. dystopian world. That's The Giver. The Giver is dystopia. Um, yeah, I just
0: mean that. But they're written. They're like young adult no- novels with dumb, stupid ass titles. Wow cody i mean it's not like the fucking winds of winter or whatever is a good title either mr martin cody what do you uh what do you want to recommend to the people
3: um i definitely had a similar theme to start off uh my my big ya pick was uh the first maze runner i actually kind of like that movie and um uh, maybe down the road we can do that one corbin i think that'd be a fun episode uh and then along with that too i mean bouncing off with me i said go watch catching fire if you like this movie Catching Fire is also I really want to rewatch it now cuz I haven't seen it for a few years. But uh yeah, really dope Hunger Games movie. And then my last one, again, if you like Hunger Games, you're probably going to like like the original original Battle Royale. Get that dub, you know, off, give me some subtitles here obviously, but yeah, I think the uh the brutal action, if that's kind of your I guess your your niche here,
0: go watch Battle Royale cuz it's it's amazing. That was on my list as well in terms of uh if you want the the more violent version. <laughs> check it out in terms of kind of dystopian things these aren't really young adult oriented they're they're more i guess adult but um children men kind of tackles a lot of these similar uh, similar ideas i feel like the government that exists is very similar to like the government that we see in the the hunger games and like these ideas of peacekeepers and police state but to me the ideas are so much more there and like they dive so much deeper into what that world is about and what does that government mean and why is the society like this and it's all based on about you know population and, and like there's like so much more there so i think children men v for vendetta a little bit more hit or miss but i think it's a kind of a fun actiony dystopian thing um and, and natalie portman is uh, is great in it as well um let's move on over to the final question all right listen i got one last question for you i'll kick it off here i i have uh, a question for you cody and mina who from the current cast of survivor if you were to take them and stick Ooh. them into a hunger games battle royale who would come out on top interesting you can go current different. cast current current season so season 40 fuck me brando uh probably not the person brando
3: that. I, I mean, Brandon would be one of the hiders for sure. I mean, just from a like a uh, strength perspective, I feel like seafood's you know a pretty good candidate for that. But it is more than that. I mean, it's it is definitely somewhat of a social game. You always get your groups forming. So with that in mind, I mean, I think Caleb would be a pretty obvious choice because he's kind of got the physical aspect and he's got the insane social aspect. Who else do we have in the cast? Uh, I mean, Austin is is an athletic. Kendra? I think D
0: is a sneaky female kendra, be fucking
1: austin austin and d are 100 percent from district one and district two yeah they do look like
0: rich uh
3: pretty nobody's i think kendra would would definitely have a dark side if it if it came to
0: it so i think she'd be a sneaky pick too julie's dead instantly she couldn't even lie to people she was crying about that she couldn't make it in the Hunger games um Jay maya she's donezo Sean Dunzo, <laughs> um, Sabaya, Dunzo. What's wrong with Jamie? I'm Brandon, convinced definitely I'm dead. Convinced, first day panic attack I'm convinced that
1: Jake wins it all. Ooh, I like yeah,
0: that. I could see it. He's uh he's dumb enough <laughs> to make it
3: through. <laughs> he is
0: the crowd would be rooting
3: for him. I think he would get the, the sponsorship for sure.
0: Fan favorite. Mina, what's your final question?
1: With the two of you. Be in an alliance with me in the Hunger Games, or would you try to kill us all off? I
0: I would use my specially trained CGI cake making skills to bury myself in mud and uh, hide for the entire thing. You would never Mm. see me.
1: I was asking if you would be in my alliance. So that no, I would be
0: by myself, hiding, (laughs) covered with my special cake making mud. So it's so that was a no. You don't want to be no.
2: It's not going to be in alliance. I think are uh, no alliances. Well,
1: whatever. That's like, that's Peter and Katniss make it out together. You guys. Yeah,
3: there's tons of alliances. I would say you're uh, telling like... me
1: that you don't want to stick with me through the Hunger Games <laughs> and try to make it out together. That's pretty messed up. Um,
0: hey, listen. I get they made it out, but 73 times before that, uh, <laughs> nobody no was that. so lucky. No
1: one ever tried it before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just statistics I'm trying to survive here I, so, um, I didn't say i was gonna kill you I said I will bury
3: did myself you hear
1: that? he's totally my fine with me dying he's gonna trying to protect true, me
0: the
3: true ah, colors are, are coming out here yeah not, not I would and say the Mina, Hunger
1: Games of life I guess Corbin is not the person let's be honest
0: Cody's gonna have her back anyway so
3: yeah I was gonna say I think yeah I think we'd be a good duo um I would probably go and hide right away too but yeah of course I think if if uh, I know somebody going into the Hunger Games it would be dumb not to have an alliance but especially, yeah, a good friend like uh, like you, Amina. that's an easy yes for me. Oh,
1: yeah. Thanks,
2: Cody.
3: That's how you're supposed to do it, Carbon. All right. Uh, my last question here.
1: <laughs> is,
3: my last it's, kind of, it's similar theme. It's kind of just more broad. Um, do you guys think, like, you would do well in the Hunger Games? And because, of course, there's a ton of different environments. What do you think would be, like, your prime environment?
1: It's I think I would do okay if it's the wood environment, like the the woods from the initial Hunger Games, because I did a lot of tree climbing when I was a kid. I think I could get up high.
0: I want a water world, no land, <laughs> all water. You cannot swim. You're screwed. I'm You're a great foot. fucking swimmer. I can hold my breath. I can go underwater. I, I would do, I don't know what, I know I don't look like a swimmer, but I feel most at home <laughs> in the water. I think in uh the Catching Fire arena, you're dead in about ten seconds, but no offense.
1: <laughs> I feel like Corbin, you'd be running. one v
0: one in a pool. in a pool, Olympic size. Who's getting to the end first? Let's be real. It's I got my money
3: on Finnick.
1: But,
0: uh. <laughs> well, one of us is alive, so. I do not think I would, in general, probably do great. My strategy would be. To not go for the cornucopia i would run hide try and you know get supplies later pick people off after the initial um go about it has gone off i think uh i would probably uh die somewhere in the middle most likely
3: that's fair i
0: think probably the same i like would go out fighting i think i wouldn't just like try and hide the entire time because at some mm. point like you just gotta you know you hey, you can kill somebody it. well there's a deep question <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i sounded like if i was guess. put into it i was put into a cage and that
1: sounded like i don't want to be recorded saying yeah i could totally kill someone <laughs>
0: this it's may
3: be that. used against you in the court of law but yeah go ahead and answer <laughs> well you were just trying oh, to wait, get
0: wait do you want me on your Hold team on. or not do you want me to kill people for you or not jesus christ you already said you wouldn't Exactly. I'm gonna. I literally said I'm not gonna fight him. I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna use my cake decorating skills.
3: Yeah, you you <laughs> said, said
1: you would fight at some point. You said you're point. coming out.
0: Yeah. You just
1: <laughs> rewind it. Rewind it. He's, He's into a going heart. to fight us, Cody. We gotta kill him. Yeah, yeah. When
0: you two are the only two left, then I get it'll be easy pickings. Um. All right. I'll we'll get the
2: berries. Nina, would you
0: survive? What do you think? What's your strategy? I
1: think I would. I think I could outlive people like I think that's what would happen is I would I would strategically move around where I was always either behind them and they didn't know I was there or I was far enough away from them they didn't know where I was at like (laughs) I think I could I'm pretty stealthy I can make it work
0: do some singing if some snakes show up give it your best shot I'll
1: poison them (laughs) you know
0: yeah the the question is could you seduce your mentor into cheating for you because i
3: could
1: 100 i'm sorry I, I <laughs> uh, oh,
3: on that oh <laughs> guys i am probably screwed to that last second.
1: last book reference those two totally kiss in front of all the other tributes and mentors in the book like in public oh really yeah oh spooch smooch and everyone else is just like whoa corio good for you man <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's interesting i wish that would have uh happened too because that is pretty weird
0: Yeah,
1: sorry. I meant to mention that earlier because I thought you guys would like that.
0: Saving it for the end, a little bite. The three movie mini draft. We're drafting. Well, it is
2: draft day.
0: Prequel films today. Mina, you get the first pick in this draft, and then I'll take the third pick because fuck you, Cody.
1: That that seems rigged, but okay. I found a lot of good prequels that I was excited to pick, but Mm -hmm. my favorite, which I don't think either of you are going to pick is mall rats because technically it's a prequel to clerks and i fucking love mall rats so i'm taking it because even though i don't think you guys will pick it i had to stick by it for my first round draft pick
3: i love that gotta stick to your guns
0: shout out jason but, lee of chipmunks fame
3: shout out stan lee as well uh, our captain marvel episode he had a, a mall rats uh script so that's awesome okay. um mm, you left the door open here Mina. I don't know what Corbin sure
2: did. pick
3: here. I think I'm just going to go. I think he is going to pick this one actually, so I'm going to snipe it early. I'm going to go with X Men First Class. Um, for me, Solid. I mean prequel wise, it's a little bit slim pickings as we go along here. I think we'll see, but I really, really love just the recast. It's impossible to recast like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, and somehow they nailed it. They did it. Yeah, with McAvoy and and Fassbender. So. I love that. I love the Nazi hunting aspect of it too. All around, just a good movie. I think, yeah,
0: definitely a solid pick. It it was on my list. It's not what I'm going to take here, Cody. But uh, you know, with two picks, sometimes you got to you go go where your heart leads you. Um, Do you do you consider Days of Future Past to not be a prequel? Then, because I would imagine you would have taken that one.
3: Yeah, no, no, that's at that point it's
0: they're in the future. Yeah, Yeah. that doesn't count. Um, They're rewriting history. I'm going to take a movie that uh, is definitely a prequel to uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I'm taking Fast Five. <laughs> I I don't think that counts. I don't think that counts.
1: I saw how, that in the list of prequels count. and I was like, bullshit. Because
3: we had the fourth one already.
1: Yeah, but so, technically a sequel. To so is the stuff. fourth
0: one
3: also a prequel.
0: Yeah, they are all three prequels. So you, you can know? name you it's can a name prequel any fast trilogy. and
3: movie and just call it a well, prequel. Well,
0: Cody, have you ever heard of the prequel trilogy from Star Wars? <laughs> the same thing. Uh, four, five, and six in the uh wonderful fast franchise is also a trilogy, it's a prequel trilogy. So, fuck no, you, but
3: that's the thing, they didn't go like one, two, three, and then four, five, six. They went, what, one, two, I yeah, because technically four, five, six, then three, three, yeah,
1: because five is <laughs> <Yeah>. a sequel, <laughs> but only to the- well, six and stories.
3: three, uh. I think we could. Five is out. the is a Seven sequel to the first movie, so kind of I don't
1: counts. think it counts.
3: I don't. I think maybe if you said Fast Four, we would take it, but I don't think we can accept Fast Five. It is literally a prequel. It's Honey. not a prequel, though. It's a sequel. I don't, to fast any,
1: I don't think any of them count as prequels unless they're supposedly taking place before the first Fast and the Furious, because that is when yeah. the whole thing starts.
3: No, the the prequel is Tokyo Drift. That's the prequel. No tokyo it's drift not. is
0: not the prequel it's, <laughs> it's the sequel it's the far it's in the future sequel.
3: no uh, but i'm saying like tokyo drift is three what's after that four that was before tokyo drift so then the prequel in my eyes is four and then fast five is a sequel to four so you can't just pick they're five not prequels
1: prequel. because there's already two movies before all of those that's that also are true. setting the stage
3: i think you either take fast four or you pick another movie for the character I of Cody, Han, but I still think it all exists wrong.
0: as a prequel.
1: <laughs> That's where uh, you can't just pick. Out I'm going to take.
0: I'm going to take Rogue good. One, Star Wars Rogue what? One.
3: That's what I was going to take. God
0: damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you wish I had Fast Five. Yeah,
3: I fucking went the wrong uh,
0: And three. then I'm going to take uh, <laughs> Puss in Boots, which is also a prequel to the Shrek. That's, That's trilogy, a good one. Uh, in a recent release uh, that we've talked about on the podcast as well uh, last year with my sister Cindy. So uh, I still feel perfectly good with those two, even though you guys are a bunch of liars. Okay.
1: <laughs> posted boots was on my list too that's a solid thing
3: yeah, that was on mine as well my short list um god i really wanted rogue one i love that movie i don't know what to take here now i could take like the prequel star wars but they're all terrible i think i'm gonna go classic here and just take uh well, actually i haven't even seen it so forget it yeah um, i was I'm gonna on.
0: say cody don't don't
3: do that <laughs> i'm gonna take temple of doom i think for an indiana jones movie it's not the best but it's also not anywhere near the worst um him like pulling the heart out of the chest i think is is fun enough to to kind of carry that into my list so i'll take i'll take temple doom
0: underrated as a prequel some people don't realize that uh but also a bad movie and pretty problematic and and in my opinion the worst indiana jones
3: (laughs) Uh, worse than um yes the one we've done on the show swinging you through the trees worse than that yes come on brother you're going crazy today shia (laughs) mina you got back to back fix what are you thinking
1: Honestly, I'm pretty psyched because I get two of my favorite animation movies now because you guys didn't take them. I'm going to take with my second pick, Lion King, one and a half. Oh,
3: good
0: pick.
1: <laughs> I forgot about you're that. You two and, and your fucking
0: Lion King, one and a half. <laughs> Every time. Great movie.
1: With my third pick, I'm going to go with Monsters University. And that I'm going to enjoy well. myself some really solid movies with watching Mallrats, Lion King, one and a half. <laughs> monsters university
0: not sure I it's think... a list that wins in a poll but it's a you list mean and i can appreciate and love
1: that I, I stuck to my guns this is like me
3: i love that i think that's the winning list honestly my last pick i could go star wars here but uh, or solo i guess but i don't want to do that either i'm gonna go bumblebee uh this is a movie i saw for the first time this year the soundtrack is awesome in this movie i, I think that's by far the best part uh Haley steinfeld she's she's passed um her ender's and enders game days so she's all right but uh yeah there's not much left so I'll, I'll just go with Bumblebee. yeah
0: john cena doing a lot in that movie since i've got the last pick here can kind of throw some thoughts out there um minions the rise of Gru. i'm not a fan of but the people love so you know that could be <laughs> you know play into the heartstrings obviously you were alluding to the godfather part two cody i also have not seen it but obviously it's considered yeah. like you know the greatest film of all time so you know, probably a pretty good prequel as well. Um, <clears throat> little Bobby D action playing. I'm again. shocked
3: you haven't seen The Godfather. I've seen that's the first real. one, just not part exactly. two. Yeah, uh, that's I'm wild. It.
0: One day on MK3. I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, I've either.
3: We'll get also, the King's day.
0: Man, Cody. That's a, another terrible prequel to an okay yeah. uh, franchise of series.
3: All I saw of that was the the post credit scene, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it was really bad.
3: So yeah, Corbin, uh, can I
1: guess what you're gonna take sure. just based off of knowing you? Go ahead. it's a hundred percent gonna be Lightyear, the prequel to Toy Story, cause I know how much you fucking love that movie. Well, first of
0: all, Lightyear is not a prequel to Toy Story. Lightyear is the movie that canon canonically Andy saw. So it would not be a prequel. It is literally in the unit is the in universe embodiment of Lightyear. So just it is a wrong.
1: prequel. Because it's no, how they got the it's toys. It's not a prequel
0: of it. the toys. No, 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 no. The it's toys like wouldn't exist movie. without that movie. It's an in-universe movie. It's uh-huh. not, a not a prequel. It's like an oh, prequel. that's Inquel. a bullshit. The um,
1: toys would not exist without that movie. I'm gonna take uh, Cruella.
0: So there you go. That was on my short list too. That's a good
1: one. That was on my short list too. (laughs)
0: Um, I thought about Wonder Woman. It was was down between Cruella and Wonder Woman, but I think Wonder Woman 1984. And again, Wonder Woman is a prequel to the Justice League because the character of Wonder Woman appears in that and then you get to learn about her past and exactly it's a little gray. So Cruella, it's a cut and dry prequel. Paul Walter Hauser, a true king. Uh, appears in the movie and uh, it also has a little bit of an overactive filmmaking again not very many static shots in that one a lot of steady cam movement but um, Emma Stone she's fantastic and uh, we're about to be seeing a lot more of her on the uh, awards circuit.
1: I've got a few other honorable mentions Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them.
3: This honorable That's mention cool. I
0: think is what you meant to say. <laughs> got, uh, Newt,
3: Newt Scamander.
1: That's a good honorable mention I like it. Um, Cast the Hobbit,
0: the... yeah, the Smaug, the Smaug trilogy, <laughs> Desolation, Pan, Ooh. oh, jeez, uh,
1: X Men Origins Wolverine, like that, the prequel, yeah. the, the
0: <laughs> very first one, people trying to block that one, terrible,
1: and then, um, Oz, the Great and Powerful,
3: that's not as bad. I think that that would have been an error, okay terrible, too. but I would say, who, was who directed Oz like, Great oh, and Powerful, these
1: are prequels. this is great.
3: Uh, I feel like it's somebody we've talked about before, but I don't remember, Sam Raimi. Jesus. Yeah,
0: that's why I don't like multiversion <laughs> <of> madness. <laughs> James Franco. You uh you were just throwing out the like who's who of problematic movies. Fantastic beasts. Yeah, pretty much X-Men X-Men powerful origin. Why is
1: Fantastic Beasts problematic? Uh
0: it's a little person good. named Johnny Depp and Ezra Miller. Two people named Johnny Depp and Ezra Miller thought, and J.K. Rowling. Oh, it's like oh, a, fuck. a fucking I three told- for three trilogy of uh abusers, <laughs> transphobes, yeah. and all the above. Undi- yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Sorry to all of them. Not really,
1: though. I mean, the movie's still good, so I guess that sucks. But...
0: I like Mads Mikkelsen. Weekly watches. Karen, honey, uh, what are you watching? <laughs> Mina, <laughs> what have we been into, people?
3: You can kick it off, Mina. Yeah. What's your racks?
1: Uh, I've been watching Survivor. You guys got me into that one. So I'm watching my second season. So ooh, Still ooh. new to it, but I'm going to start going back and watching some old seasons here soon.
3: Love that. I'll give you some racks, actually. But, but,
1: Thanks. I would actually love that. Corbin and I've been watching White Lotus and then I have been on a uh, reality TV kick recently, which I think I said probably the last time I was on the pod, but uh, I've been binge watching the TV show Sister Wives. I'm currently in the year 2018 with it. It started in like 2010, so we're going. getting closer. <laughs> it's horrible, but it's about polygamy. Uh, which is interesting. So, if you want to basically hear these people talk about how they should not be together while arguing that they should be together, watch it, I
2: guess. Yeah. Sounds fun.
0: Hell of a review. Cody, what have you been into, man?
3: I got a few stuff. We haven't um, done a normal episode for a little bit, and I've been on a bit of a movie craze. Uh, oh, first off, dude, I checked out uh, The Birdcage, which I had not seen. And that's mostly just because I hate listening to podcasts and I don't know what you guys are talking about. So if, <laughs> if you guys have not heard uh the new cap segment starring these two people right here, definitely gonna check it out. I really like the first episode. Um I haven't checked out the second one because I haven't seen the informant yet. So uh I'll come What'd back. What do you before- think
1: of the birdcage, Cody?
3: I like the birdcage a lot. I think Robin Williams specifically, I was surprised that I had not seen that just because his performance is amazing. And then everybody else too it is really awesome as well. Nathan Lane, of course is a standout um, kind of their duality. I thought was really, really well just on screen. The yeah. sun character, he's a bit of a dick. I didn't love him, but everything else like this movie is just like, just like good vibes all around. So I, lo- I liked it a lot and I liked you guys' episode on it too. So easy plug, but go check that out if you haven't seen it yet um and then some other random crap i've been into as well you know it's thanksgiving season and i had never seen planes trains and automobiles so i checked that out um i mean john candy what a what a national treasure r.i.p obviously um and him and and steve martin together is (laughs) a really fun duo especially with steve martin just freaking out the entire movie uh the specific just f-bomb scene um, i was a big fan of and I love how it's like a rated R movie, but that's literally the only scene with like any sort of R rating in it. So I'm just glad that was included. Uh, It's kind of surprising coming from like a John Hughes movie that there's a scene like that too. I like it. I'd recommend it. I might start watching every Thanksgiving because it does have really good, like just Thanksgiving vibes. Other than that, I've been in back in the theaters too. Surprisingly, Uh, I checked out Saltburn, a very interesting flick. I think um, it'll probably get nom for best picture if I'm being honest, just for a kind of it's stylistic choices which i really really like i know corbin's not as high but i actually enjoy this movie a good deal it's kind of like i don't think you've seen the favorite corbin but it's kind of like the favorite just a lot worse um, Cody,
0: it's it's the talented mr ripley but like a thousand times worse it yeah like beat for beat, i mean bar for bar it's just like I, a shitty version of that movie
3: <laughs> well i haven't seen that to be fair either i think Willem defoe's in there right
0: matt damon Jude Law.
3: yeah i know i thought Willem Dafoe was uh, my side character, obviously, it's fucking Matt Damon. It's got, um, uh,
0: it's got one one man from the Hunger Games. Uh, Dane
3: DeHaan? No. <laughs> Josh Hutcherson? I don't know. Uh, Jack Quaid? Do you know Jack Quaid's in the first Hunger Games movies? I found that out recently. Anywho, um, I like Solburn. I would recommend going. Philip go check Seymour out. Hoffman, Cody. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can't think of the name. Philip Seymour? RIP to him as well. Great actor. But um, I would recommend Solburn. I think Barry Keoghan is really good. Um, There's definitely some shocking stuff. So I would say that, obviously, I think it's interesting. And I do have, you know, some major issues. I, I won't go into full split stuff, but I'd recommend it. Um, And then kind of back backing off that, too. I did check out uh, Promising Young Woman who uh, basically it's the same director. What's her name, Corman? Something, Emerald uh, Fennel. Emerald Fennel, Yeah, it's a weird name. But I do like her directorial style. And I don't know. I think I do like Promising Young Woman a little bit better. I think and the well, ending of
0: that movie is insane, dude.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say that. I don't really like the ending. That that's kind of the big thing for me. That I get what what you're going for. 100. percent it, I, It's I think a it, tough
0: movie, both of us as men, to like really talk yeah. about and like say that we should have like a strong feeling or opinion on like what the right thing in that situation is. But to right. me, it's like I don't just know. the wrong fucking message, and it's just kind of like gross and sad the way that movie ends. Yeah, but that's the entire I've point. Seen too, it, so I yeah. can't.
1: Yeah. Think yeah. on it as the woman in the podcast <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> unfortunately
3: um but I really liked it regardless if um uh, if you like the ending if you don't like the ending I think everything up to that point is pretty solid cinema so I'm excited to see what she does fo- going forward but honestly out of those two I may prefer saltburn
0: it's really close I think they're both really good movies for me I prefer I prefer saltburn I think like visually it's like Do you a, really? a step up yeah like that's the thing I think like compositionally... you don't even like saltburn though yeah, I don't really like promising young <laughs> Woman that much either. Cody. I like, like them
3: both. The I'm, I'm on board. I, get get on uh get on the emerald uh, Fennel train here because
0: I think she's gonna be a big name in a few.
3: years. I mean, she's
1: fucking.
0: She's an Oscar winner. She won an Oscar for promising young.
1: Woman. That's what I'm
2: saying.
0: Yes, it was the COVID year. So if you want to say you know Mickey Mouse bubble Lebron's championship doesn't count, whatever, that's fine. But like, I mean, that's she's what still you an said. Oscar winner.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said it, so fair enough. Um, but well, my last one, I also checked out uh, this new um peacock film I believe it's got to be a peacock original it's called uh please don't destroy the treasure of foggy mountain it's basically just like that new snl kind of group that came out of nowhere on the internet who are called please don't destroy um i thought that it was good maybe. yeah a little stupid uh just dumb dumb comedy i'm on board so i thought it was good i, I would recommend that as well but that was everything i got corbino i'll throw it over to you
0: Yeah, so uh, Mina, I have been doing MK300. So we've got a couple of those episodes that we've already recorded that'll be getting released upcoming. I can tease the next one is actually going to be a double feature episode. So a little two for one uh, with Enough Said and You Hurt My Feelings uh, that Mina talked about earlier. Um, And then we've got some uh, more coming in the pipeline that uh, everybody can be excited about. On top of that, I've been- How many
3: more. When is uh, is one of my picks going to come in? Come on, guys, what's going on?
1: Corbin hasn't told me your Well, Cody, picks. there's, uh, egg, there's so 300 <laughs>
0: movies and you picked five, so that's...
1: Corbin's
2: gatekeeping the, the list, there. so I don't he actually get to 1. see 1. who of the-
0: That doesn't sorry. surprise me for some
3: reason. <laughs> go for it. I'm, I'll catch you. I'm sorry.
0: Um, I did also go see uh, Maestro in theaters. I got to go to a screening with uh, little Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan in attendance to do a Q&A afterwards. And I really liked the movie. I liked it way more than I expected to. In comparing it to uh, recent composer movies, looking at it against Tar of last year, I like Tar a lot more, I love Tar, but I still think this is like a really fantastic movie, it's one of my uh, top fives of the year so far, and um, Bradley Cooper, two for two as a director, Stars Born and Meister are both just like pretty close to masterpieces, two like four and a half star movies for me. Um, and I'm excited to, to see what he does next. He's, he's very committed to the craft. He's been working on this movie for years and was really dedicated about getting the character right, getting the details right. Um, the family was heavily involved in the production, and um, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more, a, a lot more in the, in the coming months as, uh, as the awards race heats up, and it, I think it comes out officially on Netflix around Christmas time, so um, check it out when it does. Um, on top of that Mina and I saw next school wins in theaters Mina thoughts on next school wins
1: I liked it it's the kind of movie though that I would enjoy like it's fun it's based on true story it's heartwarming I like Taika Waititi so I enjoy his random pop-ups in all of his movies Fassbender's fun in it it's kind of a weird role for him I think but all in all I liked
0: it yeah I think it's so tough when we see uh two Michael Fassbender movies come out within about a month of each other with the killer and next goal wins and you see how the killer is like the perfect execution of who he can be as an actor and like the exact fit for the type of thing that he can really excel at and then you see next goal wins and it's like this is the complete opposite of what he should be doing and he's doing like a half-assed performance in it (laughs) um he's got a fucking terrible prosthetic beard for half the movie like you said Taika Waititi if you're out on Taika, then this movie is not gonna be for you because it's full of the Taika-isms. He inserts himself into the opening shots of the movie and does some narration. It's a, you know, it's an okay sports movie. The story is, you know, like you said, it's heartwarming, it's cute. It's, um, it's about a, a group of people that we never get to really see on screen. So I think those aspects are cool. Uh, but overall, it's just like a lot of strange choices that were made, weird things with the pacing, the editing, some strange jump cuts. This movie was supposed to be released in, like, 2019, and there's clearly a reason that it's existed and sat on a shelf for this long and is, you know, finally getting pushed out. It's um, so
1: mean. I hate when you say shit like that.
0: <laughs> there's a fucking reason these things happen. But I think Taika's doing all right. He's got a fucking fat paycheck. I didn't and- say
1: it had anything to do with Taika. He's not the only person in this fucking movie. Name movies that those other actors have been in since this movie was made exactly other than bass you know what i mean like there's other people in the movie but i'm just saying like there's other extenuating circumstances whether or not you think a movie's done well that maybe why it's on the shelf
0: it's fine <laughs> it's 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 not that great it's it's kind of a bad bad version of
3: i'm of gonna see it eventually i almost saw it uh, last weekend but I, I i slept in too much but it looks alright. I, I like soccer. And I, I don't like
1: think you better. necessarily have to see it in the theaters, though, Cody. Yeah. yeah.
0: it
3: feels. I like mean, true. you don't have to
1: see anything, really,
0: but yeah, that's true. My big thing is that I've seen the things that Taika did in his early career with um, Hunt for the Wilder People and even What We Do in the Shadows, which is much more comedy-driven. Those movies still have a ton of fucking heart in them, and it feels like somebody who's actually trying to tell a story about people that he cares about and is trying to do something that isn't just there to like make a joke out of every single moment and like actually wants to put some real emotion and heart into stuff and this movie just feels like even in the most serious of moments there's going to be some like ball joke or something like you know like or a fart joke like it's just it feels half-assed and when you've seen somebody who in their early work does stuff that feels so mature and so um, impressive and then now it's just like this is the expectations are so much higher. We, I believe in you, Tyke. I want to see better things out of you. Um, and then a movie that I liked even less from another director that we know is capable of doing great things, Ridley Scott's Napoleon. That's a fucking mess of a mm-hmm. movie that Mina and I went and saw uh, yeah. last weekend. I mean, it's again, it's two hours and 40 minutes, and I, I said it at the top of the podcast the Scott said he has a four-hour cut of the movie. I, I 100% believe it. Napoleon's life is that dense, but what you're left with when you cut it to pieces is uh, an emotionless, fucking epic with just a bunch of battles and and a guy with daddy issues saying "mama, mama" ma, to to Vanessa Kirby, which is like, okay, I get it, but like, come on, chill out.
1: <laughs> I is. fell asleep. Yeah, oh, it was trash. There you was, guys are
0: hyping it up. The I'm Auster, to see it. the Osterlitz. Uh, fight sequence, which is when I looked over and Mina was asleep, is like actually incredible filmmaking. Like there's some amazing shots of like cannonballs. Going wake into- me up. I tried to nudge you um going into the water and like it's really bloody and like there's some cool staging set pieces, and it feels grand and epic in a way that Ridley Scott has done in the past, you know, with you know, Gladiator. Like it feels more akin to that kind of stuff. Kingdom of Heaven, even you know, the last school Ex- that nobody saw Exodus, Gods and Kings. That's Exodus a good one. Gods and Kings. Great movie, Cody.
3: I got you. Christian Bale. But,
0: but like he has, he can do big fucking, he, has, he can capture big senses of scale. But this is a movie that's like, again, breakneck pace through 50 years of what is honestly pretty complicated French history. And maybe I'd like to see them dive into the, how the government and what they're standing for uh, a little bit more. Cause it's, again, it's just like also surface level.
1: I think that would have made it more interesting too. Cause it's just like, Napoleon's not in power bam he's in power bam he sucks he's no longer in power like
0: yeah okay, exactly cool. and it, it's like I, it's, why is he why was he ever a person that people wanted to follow behind we don't really get a good sense of why like you see him smart as a tactician but he's not like necessarily a good leader to his people or like a good general and also that at the Uh-oh. end there's like this hackneyed thing of like oh this is how many people died and like all this like this as the result of the Napoleonic Wars and all of his like but like that's not what the movie's about the movie doesn't give a shit about these like regular people who are laying down their lives until the final moment so I don't even really know what it's trying to say Vanessa Kirby it good, only cares but about she doesn't have
1: anything to do no yeah it only cares about those lives when it's trying to point out that Napoleon's on his downhill slide yeah right like <laughs> then they start pointing it how out how many people he in the movie. died then, I just yeah. like if we're talking about people in the right movie this feels like a Joaquin Phoenix role though like he's doing exactly what you would expect Joaquin Phoenix to do and he does it well but the rest but I
0: don't know if the rest of the movie it's just is doing stupid.
1: it stupid I could it's why why was this movie made I don't know
0: yeah Napoleon he's a guy great man
1: <laughs> about napoleon it like, was
0: a it was a big swing but uh, i don't even
1: know is there am i supposed to care about him like i feel like that that this movie is supposed to be like here's this guy that I mean, you should want to know about it's the thing I, of like I, how
0: often do you think about the roman empire like he's a, obviously a, an important figure in the history of the world but in terms of like the impact that he actually has on like our day-to-day life i feel is pretty minimal and
1: i learned more about him in bill and ted's excellent adventure than I did in this movie (laughs)
0: great movie (laughs) I think that's all you have to really say about Ridley Scott's Napoleon Mina thank you once again for coming back on the show and this is a long one if you've made it this far you would love to go uh you would love listening to MK300 as well if you listen to this episode Uh, so go check that out and uh I guess we're not going to be doing a ballad movie next week but uh, I think we got a little game night planned so uh forward to that might be making another appearance
1: so. <laughs> number <laughs> then, seven baby it's
3: number seven's coming quick we love it
2: <laughs> thank you for listening Bye, guys
0: and may the odds be ever in your favor stay gavin what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything
2: that could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it